gifts and jewellery. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, will make a statement to MPs later today about allegations of organised child sex abuse by public figures in the 1980s. It comes amid calls for a full public inquiry. Labour has accused the Home Office of failing to respond to legitimate public concerns. The Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Hertfordshire firefighter to be reinstated. Ashley Brown was dismissed for discussing strike action over pensions on Twitter. More from Matt Lockwood. The FBU says Mr Brown was sacked just before Christmas last year. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service said the tweets amounted to gross misconduct. Mr Brown denied this and an appeal against his dismissal was rejected. An online petition in support of Mr Brown's attracted over 4,000 signatures. The case is now due to be heard before an employment tribunal in September. Government ministers will travel across the country today, highlighting £12 billion worth of local investment projects over the next six years. In this area, it includes £22.5 Half million pounds to duel the A421 from Milton Keynes to junction 13 of the M1 and £10 million for Bedfordshire's Woodside Link, a new road which will connect Houghton Regis and the industrial estate in Dunstable to the planned new M1 junction 11A. In sport, Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Out of the final corner he comes. Hamilton wins the British Grand Prix. His second win at Silverstone, his fifth of this 2014 season. It's a huge Huge boost to his championship hopes and finally something to smile about for Britain in this summer of sport. The Hertfordshire driver now just four points behind teammate and championship leader Nico Rosberg who failed to finish. And it's the third stage of the Tour de France from Cambridge to London with the riders heading down the Hertfordshire-Essex border on their way to the capital. The weather staying dry with sunny spells but with scattered showers this afternoon which could turn heavy. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Where's it going to be this week? BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Vibrant, diverse and very, very close to all the local amenities. But where is it? The shopping centre. It's all about where you live. But where is it? open and nice and green and beautiful. And... But where? But where? All this week we're featuring... Fishermead. Oh. We are up and coming and hopefully getting more... Um, Fishermead. More friendly. The big tour oh, well. of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Maybe next week. I'm 41 years old and man alive, I feel it today. I feel it. Old and tired and flat. I feel, I feel flat, Kelly. Well, you look great. Hey, I've dressed like a teenager. I know, or, I like it. Or a middle-aged man. I'm wearing a, a hoodie. A what? A hoodie. Is that a musician? And I'm wearing a pop band uh, t-shirt. What pop band? They might be giants. Oh, maybe we should play them today. Yeah. Why? Why the hell not? Why the hell not, guys? If you've got any remedies for flatness, then um, why are you laughing? <laughs> at you. Laugh at that. Oh, okay. Thanks very much indeed. Oh! 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 Five minutes into the show, the producer turns up. Blood, where have you been, love? Oh, give me a break. It's Monday. Yeah, yeah. She, she's right. It's Monday. We're all a bit flat. It's just flat. Lots coming up on the show. I'll tell you what in a bit. I mean... Uh... 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. This song used to terrify me. I remember hearing this song in the dark once when I was about, well, I don't know, seven. Scared the life out of me, man. Hotel room, yeah, that's true, guys. Doing, doing quite a stilted interview with him. Huh? 
these things happen. Here comes the twister. Now, this week's big tour takes us to Fishermead and Milton Keynes, where people are afraid nothing's been learned from tragic events in the past. In 2010, a mother and daughter died in a fire at their home, which it later emerged was an unlicensed house of multiple occupation. The landlord was jailed, and the coroner at the time warned that unless the government cracked down on landlords, forcing them to register and insisting their properties had escape routes and sprinkler systems, well, it could easily happen again. Four years later, people living in Fishermead tell us nothing much has changed. I'm joined this morning by Terry Baines, who chairs the Fishermead Residents Association. Morning, Terry. Good morning. Thanks for coming on at this ridiculous time of the day. <laughs> what's, go- yes. what's going on there? What's happening? Saying there's been no improvement, there has been a slight improvement. Um, we identified quite a few uh, homes in multiple complications that we uh, informed the council of. They investigated. They came up with a certain number that were uh, they decided were HIMOs, uh, uh, and they started action to make sure they were licensed. But unfortunately, it's not just the licensing, it's also the planning applications and this sort of thing, which takes so long. So in other words, as soon as a place gets a license, they fill it with people, and then um, some eight, nine months later, of course, it ends up having to have planning information, uh, which a lot of the landlords do not want to do, um, for obvious reasons. The main reason is, of course, the fact that the uh, the government, or the Milton Keynes Council, has really stamped down on, on, on the regulations for it, and uh, they normally can't get planning permission. So they've got a house full of uh, uh, people that need accommodation. Uh, and there's quite a dilemma as well, because and of the fact that does the council really want to shut somewhere down that's got probably five or six single people in who they would have to try and find accommodation for? Are you worried that we could see another situation like 2010 and that, that terrible fire? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, there are definitely... Um, HIMOs on this estate that are not licensed, haven't got planning permission, are unregulated with scrupulous landlords where we could end up with another Fishermead Boulevard uh, with deaths. Uh, you've compiled a list, haven't you, of, of suspected unlicensed properties. Yes, we did. You, I'm assuming you sent that to the council. What did they say? They went through it. Um, there were some they couldn't get access to. There were some they say were extended families. Some they agreed were HIMO. Some they said, well, oh, no, 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 they're, they're just ordinary family homes. We we still disagree. We don't agree that, 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 that all of the homes that they said were not HIMOs aren't HIMOs. And we're, and we're starting now to put another list together. But if they ignored the first list, what are they going to do with the second one, Terry? Well, we'll see. We've got a new administration in Milton Keynes. Yeah. Um, let's see if they're a little bit more um, different. We didn't have to use the administration last time because of the fact the council officers were working with us. Let's, if necessary, we'll go to the administration and say, look, this is what's happening. We desperately need this we're looking at. Come and help us. Why is there such a problem in Fishermead, do you think? Ah, right, OK. We're, it's, it's the size of the houses. Um, it's three-storey townhouses which are still relatively cheap because most of them haven't been modernised. They're ex-council stock and they are ideal for converting into high lows. Right. 
a garage as well on the front, which is which is also gutted and, and, and converted as well. So you could actually end up with six rooms. When, if you go to the council, Terry, and they say, Mr Baines, thank you for this list, excellent, we are going to act on it immediately, what, what can they do? Because th- there is a shortage, isn't there, of council housing stock. So, so what, what do you think they, they could and should do? Well, they should act within the law. Well, the law is a, a, a high-mo on three storeys with more than five people must be licensed, or any high-mo in three storeys must be licensed. So they must inspect to make sure it's been brought up to fire regulations with fire alarms. It's got a certain um, standard of the property that there's certain things in place for that property. And if they don't, then they are breaking the law. They are doing that bit to a certain extent. If they, um, basically they go knocking on the door, is this a high mode, is this a health and market operation? And if the people say no, they just walk away. Even if there's clear evidence of, mm. you know, four or five bells at the door or four or five sat- uh, satellite um, dishes on the house. Yeah. Which is evidence. Yeah, so it, the, per- the person who opens the door says, no, 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 it's just me and the missus. Yeah. Thanks very much, sorry to bother yeah. you. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so it, 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 the system isn't perfect. The system isn't, isn't as good as it should be. We have a system in place that doesn't seem to work that well. Um... But it's a system that it's the only system we've got. It does need improving. We do need more regulation on it, and also we need more enforcement on the fact that the ones that are there that haven't got um, licences. It's the lack of enforcement. Terry, thank you very much indeed. That's Terry Baines, who chairs the Fishermead Residents Association. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to give us a call about well any of the stuff we're talking about today, or if you have any suggestions for reducing flatness, feel a bit flat. Not Terry. Terry seemed quite perky for six o'clock in the morning. We all feel a bit flat here. We've got the Monday morning bees, the blues. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, a very good morning. And so far this morning, taking a look at the A41 heading southbound. There's a lane closed at the moment due to an accident. Some recovery work are taking place as well, just at the Chesham turn-off. So far, taking a look at the M25, moving rather well, as is the A414. No reported problems or delays. Taking a look at the trains, everything seems to be running to time so far this morning. Mm. Nicola Richards, mm. BBC Three, Candies Radio. Thank you oh, very sorry. Much. Nicola, <laughs> was my microphone open? Oh, no, no. I, I, I didn't hear so, anything. No. I'm so sorry. I'll make sure next time it's definitely switched off. Thank you. <laughs> Six sixteen. It's uh, Monday, the seventh of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. Residents say there are still unlicensed HIMOs after a mother and daughter died in 2010. Police in North Buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation after a woman was raped in her home near Olney while it was being burgled. And in sport, Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. 
morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Now, more than 4,000 people have signed an online petition calling for the reinstatement of a Hertfordshire firefighter, sacked for comments made on social media. Ashley Brown was dismissed on charge of gross misconduct for tweeting during one of last year's Fire Brigade's union strikes. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service claim his comments were threatening in nature and may have brought uh, Hertfordshire County Council into disrepute. Well, Catherine Boyle has been looking into this and joins me now. Catherine, what more do we know about Ashley Brown's case? Well, our reporters have been trying to establish what exactly was said on Twitter, and I've been trying again this morning, but you see, none of the parties involved will tell us because it's subject to an employment tribunal, which is set to happen in a couple of weeks' time. In the meantime, we have Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service claiming that Mr Brown's tweets were, as you said there, threatening in nature and may have brought the county council into disrepute. Meanwhile, the Fire Brigade Union say that's simply not the case, which is why they've launched this petition, which is slowly but surely surely making its way around Facebook. In the weeks after Ashley Brown's sacking, um, they set up an account to keep him and his family afloat. So FBU members all over England, Scotland and Wales have been more than aware of what's going on and familiar with this case from the beginning. Who is Ashley Brown? What do we know about him? Not a lot. He's a father of three who, according to the FBU, has been working for Hearts Fire and Rescue for 26 years and had mm. an unblemished disciplinary record until last year. And that's about all we know because the union's been speaking for him since it all began. We know he was sacked on the 9th of December last year as his supporters would highlight, that was just two weeks before Christmas, which is why it led to this sort of benevolent fund being set up for him. Uh, and what have Mr Brown's supporters been saying in his defence? 4,000 people, in fact in excess of 4,000 people now, have signed the online petition and the comments, as you'd expect, are largely about being shocked and outraged. The FBU insists that none of the alleged tweets were aimed at any individual or at Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service by name, and no referral's been made to the police about any alleged threats or the alleged threatening nature of the tweets. The online petition also says that contrary to untrue and malicious rumours, no reference was made what to, whatsoever to people, who people were, where they may live, or what may happen to their homes. Man alive, I would love to see these tweets. I've tweeted if any of my followers may, for whatever reason, have seen these tweets or have them. Because I've looked online, we both looked online, we can't find them anywhere and no one will tell us what they say. See, the danger is that this could become a political football. You've got a man's livelihood at stake. You've got a family man here who is being caught up in the middle of this. And obviously, it... it it could be used as something to beat the other party with. You know, these, these disputes have got fairly nasty. The Broxbourne MP, Charles Walker, has got involved in this case, hasn't he? Yes, and he wouldn't speak to us um, today ahead of the tribunal in a couple of uh, weeks' time, but he told our reporter that he remained supportive of Mr Brown's battle to get his job back. Back in May, um, I've been looking this up, he told the Hearts Mercury that he hoped the case will be reviewed and that some compassion will be exercised by those in authority. Ashley's been a firefighter for 26 years and has an unblemished record. He fully admits to having made a mistake which he's apologised for and I don't think what I've seen is a hanging offence. I hope that common sense prevails and he's given the opportunity to return to the job he loves. I'm guessing Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service won't be coming on the show this morning. You're guessing right. They won't be commenting at this time. And an FBU official told us that the hearing is due to start on the 29th of September, but they're taking steps to try to get this resolved before then. It's a long shot, but if you've got these tweets, you know, what do they call it, a screen grab or something like that, email them in, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I'm hearing the light from the window I'm seeing the sound of the sea My feet have gone loose from their moorings I'm feeling quite wonderfully free And I think I will travel to Rio Using 
the thought behind fancy There's wings to the thought behind play And dancing to rhythms of laughter Makes laughter the rhythm of rain So I think I will travel to Rio Using the music for fun There's nothing I love in Rio But it's something to do with tonight It's only a whimsical ocean To fly down to Rio tonight And I probably won't fly down to Rio But then again I just might
Wow, that happened, did it? Come on, man! That in- he invented pop videos with yeah. that that video song. Yeah, plenty of time during that. Didn't we? Flipping heck! Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 Luton Spur building up in patches between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those major roadworks are continuing there. There's a lane close on the A41 heading southbound at the Chesham Turnoff. There's been an accident there and at the moment some recovery work is taking place. In Brickettwood, rather heavy moving at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just coming off at the M25. So far taking a look at the trains and minor delays on the Metropolitan Line between Rickmansworth and Amersham and that's due to a signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. Residents say there are still unlicensed HIMOs after a mother and daughter died in 2010. Police in North Buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation after a woman was raped in her home while it was being burgled. Two men raided the victim's house near Olney during the early hours of Saturday. And the Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Hertfordshire firefighter to be reinstated stated Ashley Brown was dismissed for discussing strike action over pensions on Twitter. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. The Harvardshire driver is now just four points behind teammate and championship leader Nico Rosberg, who failed to finish. It's incredible. I've been to hell and back, and now I feel I'm really on cloud nine. I mean, it, the support I've had this weekend has been undoubtedly the greatest uh, I've ever had. And for the Milton Keynes Red Bull team, Daniel Ricciardo was third and Sebastian Vettel fifth. It's the third stage of the Tour de France from Cambridge to London with the riders heading down the Hertfordshire-Essex border on their way to the capital. Defending champion Chris Froome found yesterday's ride from York to Sheffield difficult. That really was a tough stage today. It was uh, undulating all day. Um, big fight for position but I mean the crowds out there were incredible I mean the support we've had from Yorkshire has just been out of this world Novak Djokovic won the Wimbledon title after a thrilling five set victory over Roger Federer you know going into a match with Novak it's always going to be, be tough sometimes rough physically because you know we play athletic points and uh, you know, I can only say congratulations today amazing uh, match amazing tournament once again and deserved well deserved in football, Luton have confirmed the signing of experienced right-back Paul Connolly to fill the gap left by Ronnie Henry's departure. 30-year-old Connolly has previously been at Plymouth, Derby and Leeds and ended last season at Crawley. And in Cricket's Minor Counties Championship, it's day two of three at Harpenden. Hertfordshire are 82 for two in reply to Norfolk's 197. Bedfordshire declared on 276 for nine away to Cumberland. The hosts are 110 for one in reply and Buckinghamshire are 254 for four away. Way to Suffolk. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
be made to look a fool anymore. You've done it once too often. What do you, what do you take me for? Oh, darling, there isn't any pleasing you, is there? Now, if you think I don't mean what I say and I'm only bluffing, I've got another thing coming. I'm telling you that for nothing. Oh, darling, I'm leaving. That's what I'm going to do. It's got something to do with uh, callbacks. Oh, yeah, right, John. Thank you, mate. Yep. Thank you, John. That one, I believe, could be described as being for the lovers out there. Maybe maybe it's got you feeling a little bit romantic if you're still in bed. Good for you. Why would you be listening to this nonsense? I hope you switched that off now. Yeah, because we're ruining it. Yeah, if you, if you are, you know, if that got you in the mood and you intend to see that mood through to its natural conclusion, switch me off. Yeah, because we're not in the mood. I don't want to be any part of that at all. <laughs> For goodness sakes, you pervert. Frankly, I feel a bit violated. Uh, t- well, Turn it off. Yes. Pack it in. Grow up, for goodness sakes. You've got kids. Got work to do. Out. 
Catherine Boyle has yes. joined me. Well, I say joined me, has remained in the studio. Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't expend the energy. Can I show off to you? Go on. Whoa. I'm joking. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, you were very upset because your children had been involved in a non-competitive school sports day. <laughs> yeah, I know. And what did they end up doing at this non-competitive school sports day? Time trials. Oh dear. And they even they board time trials. Uh, it was my son's sports day on Friday, and I was I was expecting the same. And I didn't go. I couldn't go because I was here. I was overjoyed to receive a phone call from my son saying, "Daddy, I won all three of my races." And did he really win, or did he just? He's... I've got video evidence. All oh, right. I've got video evidence. He won That's... all three of his races. One was just a race, straight race. Mm-hmm. One was a teddy bear race. What's that involved? Well, from what I can gather from him, it involves him picking up a teddy bear and running. And another one was a bucket and spade race. What's that? Same, but with a bucket and spade. That's the only difference I could get out of him. He didn't really want to talk about it too much. Uh, he won... <laughs> he didn't want to talk about yeah, it, too honest. Like, he doesn't like to brag. He got three stickers. Uh, he won his three... He won all of his races. OK, what's that going to get him in life? Well, it's going to teach him that he's going to win everything. Mm-hmm. He's successful. And that a teddy bear and a bucket and spade are not an impediment to winning. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, well, uh, my daughter got an outstanding report on Friday, like academically. So, what, for what? Um, reading and uh, writing and uh, maths and uh, stuff that will get her a job. Yeah, but he, he can... He can um, Run with a bucket and spade. Thank you very much indeed. I know what I would, what skill I would rather have. It's flat um, this morning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. I'm looking for cutlery. I'm Do you know why? For... I've been inspired by some oh. Nottingham shirt schoolboys. Yeah, go on, what have they done? Tunnelled out. Of where? Of their school. Um, pupils at one of Britain's worst behaved schools. Hang on, serious face. These boys got problems. These guys got issues, guys. They've got t- issues, guys. Let's but, sit down and try and understand. But fair play, they attempted to escape by tunnelling under a 12-foot-high security fence using cutlery pilfered from the canteen. What issues have they got apart from they are wicked at digging? <laughs> In the scheme, apparently inspired by the film The Great Escape. No, it wouldn't. they wouldn't have seen that. They wouldn't have seen The Great Escape. Five boys, eight, that's part of their problem. The Great Escape's not as good as everyone says, by the way, either. It's all right, though. Yes, I mean, it's all right. It's you were just used good. to it. If you hadn't seen it before, you go, that is a fair play, that's a good film. I mean, but it's not brilliant. That and the Italian job. See? You're nearly smiling. Only because you look like a... You really have to put a lot of effort into doing that whistle. I can I'm whistle, good at whistling. I, you're not, though. I can whistle effortlessly. Go on, then. <laughs> OK, what do you want me to whistle? That. <laughs> Colonel Bogey. <laughs> Colonel <laughs> Bogey. Beg your pardon, don't call me that. Right. <laughs> <coughs> right, so I'm going to... OK, this is effortless. OK, I'm going to do it effortlessly. You're having to warm up your lips. <laughs> the pressure's on. <laughs> You can't do when you're laughing. Got to warm, listen, if you're going to do something active, you've got to warm up your lips. Right. You right? Yeah, go. <laughs> Stop looking at me. Right, here we go, here we go. OK, that's good, but that's not Colonel Bogey. That was nice. Had a bit of a trill on it. Yeah, exactly. Now Colonel Bogey. I don't know. I don't know who he is. Do you know what? I'm feeling a bit less flat. Bit of whistling. Bit of whistling. Though. Turns out the milkman was onto something. Yeah. Can you whistle and hum at the same time? Not really. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that's like one of those sort of Nepalese tribesmen things. <laughs> no idea what she they, says. They can do fancy. circular um, whistling and that. Anyway. anyway, these lads tried to get out. They got foiled when teachers discovered what they were doing. Oh, teachers! <sighs> Andy Roach, assistant head teacher at the 1,200 pupil school, alerted staff. Oh, squealer. Grass! To the attempted breakout in an email last week about students digging a hole under the fence to escape. He wrote, A state have filled in the hole and put a metal bar across the bottom of the fence in that area. However, can staff on duty in the backfield please keep an eye on them digging any more holes for this purpose on any areas along the fence? Quite a lot of cutlery was found in the area, presumably stolen from the canteen to aid their digging. So, if staff on duty can keep an eye on students smuggling cutlery out of the canteen. Smuggling. Smuggling. Daniel, wow. have you finished? This fence has oh, got spikes on it and everything. Sense. That's asking Daniel, for a breakout. You finished now? Now. Daniel. Go. Daniel Radcliffe is only five foot five. That's news. Yeah. I knew he was tiny. I didn't know he was that way. The uh, sun, for some reason, have got uh, a height. Excuse me, a height chart oh, yeah. of tiny men. Napoleon's quite uh, quite tall, five foot six. Okay, that's my height. That's that's a perfectly adequate size. All right, let's let's play. Who taller than that? <laughs> <laughs> right, Kel, do you want to play Who Taller Than That? Than that? Okay, Who Taller Than That, right? Yeah. And i give you people. Who Taller Than That? Gandhi or Prince? Who Taller Than That? Gandhi. Uh, Prince. You're saying Prince Taller yeah. Than That and you're saying Gandhi Taller Than That? Yeah. Kelly, you win five pounds. Thank you. Gandhi, oh, Gandhi Taller Prince. Than That. By the way, did you find Prince? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. You stuck Your print screen. Someone put a load of uh, posters of prints on my windscreen, and then it rained, so they were stuck to my windscreen. I couldn't get them off. Oh, oh. someone keeps talking okay. to me. <clears throat> who taller than that? Um, who taller than that? Queen Victoria or Prince? Who taller than that? Prince. Queen Victoria. Who taller than that? You say Queen Victoria taller I say than Queen that, Victoria. and you say Prince taller than that. Catherine, Prince taller than that. Yes, I, I knew if I stuck with Prince, I'd win. It's one or okay. Who taller than that? Here's a good one. Ronnie Corbett? Oh. Or, or Prince. Harry Houdini? Who taller than that? Well, Harry Houdini's not very tall anymore, is he? Well, even dead men at all. Okay. Uh, Ronnie Corbett or Harry Houdini? Who I'm, taller than that? I'm going Houdini. I'm going Ronnie Corbett. You're going Ronnie Corbett? You, yes. you plum. Ronnie Corbett's tiny! I know. Harry Houdini was seven foot nine. No. <laughs> no, uh, Ronnie Corbett. Uh, Harry Houdini taller than that. And finally, Prince and Ronnie Corbett. Who taller than Prince. that? Prince. Prince. Yeah, Prince is taller than that. Prince is a whopping five foot two. Ronnie Corbett, a mere five foot one. Oh, Prince is. There's only one inch between Prince and Ronnie Corbett. Yeah, but a lot of guitar playing expertise. I love Prince. He's good, isn't he? I think he's got a bright future. <laughs> Dearie me. He's got a new band called Third Eye Girl and they're meant to be the best backing band in the world ever. That's really is, is, is great. If you want to join in the flatness this morning, 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, rather heavy moving at the moment, between Junction 10 at Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving on the speed sensors between Junction 21, the M1, and 20 at Kings Langley. There's a lane closed on the M25 heading anti-clockwise between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 at Potter's Bar, and that's through the roadworks area. Heavy moving on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25, and onto the trains. Minor delays at the moment on the Metro. Metropolitan line 
between Rickmansworth and Amersham. That's due to signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.45. It's Monday the 7th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. Residents say there are still unlicensed HIMOs after a mother and daughter died in 2010. Am I saying HIMOs right? Yeah. Okay, I worry. Police in North Buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation. Where does the I come from? Don't know. Okay. Uh, in well, uh, you know why. OK. Uh, Sport Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thanks very much indeed. It's looking like a, a quite nice day, really, across all three counties. But this afternoon, we will run the risk of a sharp shower around. Generally, uh, they're pretty isolated and a lot of dry and fine weather at the moment. The temperatures are doing nicely. We slipped into single figures last night, uh, but with all the sunshine we've had in the last couple of hours, we're up to 10 and 11 degrees just now. And uh, plenty of sunshine through this morning, as I say, the risk of a shower cropping up this afternoon. And then tomorrow, a very similar story. We'll start with temperatures having slipped into single figures in some spots in the towns will stay around 10 or 11 degrees and then plenty of sunshine through the first half of the day a really good chance of picking up a shower tomorrow afternoon and they'll be quite sharp and thundery wednesday should be drier though thursday we'll start to run the risk of some rain pushing towards us from the east in the meantime the temperature staying around the low 20 celsius mark between any showers that we'll see in the next few days so pretty settled save for the risk of some showers especially tomorrow afternoon Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Sweet love 
show off. Wait, I can do brah, Wicked Whistling and the Wicked Whistler of the West. Isn't it? I am famed for my whistling. Yeah. Hey, by the way, can I just say guys, 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 I think we all owe David Icke an apology. Because, because the lizards are ruling us. Well, well, he shouted Savile before anybody. He shouted a lot of people. He shouted MPs and this Elm Guesthouse Thing right. it's, been, it's in all the papers. Mm. He shouted those two before anybody. I'm just saying the faces are coming off soon. I I wouldn't be surprised if um if, if David Cameron turned into a lizard at some point in the near future, or indeed the Queen herself. Let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep an eye on that. Dealey, pick up your phone, mate. We're trying to call you to you know get you on the radio and stuff. We've got a mission for you. Deals on wheels. Deals on wheels, haven't we, Kels? Yep. We've got a mission. We've got a mission. Oh, well, that's him. He's ringing back. There we go. Okay. Excellent. There he's go. very responsive. Isn't he, he is. Re- he certainly responds to something. Uh, if you want your, this is what. Can I just say, Daily came in today. I had a smooth link then. You no, mean. I know, I know. I, you, well, you can go back into. I'll, I'll give you the feed line. Good. Uh, Daily said today. Uh, d- that was the weekend, Daily. Oh, I felt rough on Sunday. I was, I was really ill. I had a, I don't know what it was. I said, well, what did you do the day before? Well, I laid in the sunshine for five hours, then I went out and had about 13 beers. Mm. Well, I I, I, I wonder. I'm no doctor. I'm no medic. I think it might have had something to do with that. Do your story. What was the line into it? He's very responsive. He's very responsive. You said he responds to something. He responds to something. And you know what children respond to? The written word. Oh. Brings me into the Daily Mail, page 19. If you want to read along at home. If you want to read along at home, I'll tell you when I'm about to turn the page. I won't be turning the page. I'm going to read about four lines. Read along a cath. Right. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. If you want your children to do as they're told, then write the instructions down. My my boys can't can't read. read. Let's press on. Let's let's assume they can read. Yeah. I mean, my daughter's a very good reader, as we've established. My my boy uses an I instead of an E in his name. I mean, for goodness sakes. see. Did you see the bill I got over the weekend? I woke up on Sunday morning. There was yeah. a bill next to my bed. Yeah. It was a little written note from my eldest saying, Mummy, Bill. And do you know how much it was? Go on. Expensive. Just said expensive on it. Anyway, but she attempted expensive and that's what counts. That's what makes her a genius. Right. If you want your children to do as they're, they're told, assuming they can read, my boy write the instructions it down. Yeah, of course he would. With a bucket and spade in his hand. Yeah. The researchers have discovered that the authority of the written word, which is known to apply to adults... I hate instructions written down. When I was a student, if people left me a post-it note, I would, I would freeze them out. I wow. don't respond to that. I don't do rotors. No, no, OK, OK, fair play. Uh, you know, the man can not write to me. What? What man? The man, the, the man the s- with the capital M. Suits. Yeah. The suits. Um, as far as I'm concerned, tell me. Just talk to me, please. All right, Catherine, I've got something to say. Mm? Maybe we'll do it after the show. 
in a public place. <laughs> In one case in their study involving 61 children aged four to six, three quarters of the youngsters were more likely to obey print-based instructions than spoken ones. It's going to end up like Cuba. I went to a Cuban cigar factory. Where has she gone with this? Cuban cigar factory. All over the walls it says things like, working is great for you. And um, they used to read books to them. Do you know why they're called Romeo and Julietas, for example, some of the um, cigars? Because that's what they were having read to them. They were trying to educate them while they worked. Justin? Leave it out. Morning, boss. Where's she gone with this? Oh, I've got no idea, boss. Communist Cuba, that's where. Right. How have we gone from t- t- helping your children, uh, you know, learn to follow instructions to communist Cuba? Why are we writing <laughs> things down? <sighs> Go. You're a class act. Are you feeling a bit better, Just? Yeah, I'm feeling good. A bit poorly, weren't you, at the weekend? Yes, yes, it was a heavy evening on Friday. It was a Dutch Stew's birthday party. Is D- it? Dutch Stew? Dutch Stew, yes. Dutch it, stew. Yeah, he's say Dutch Jew. I think. No, oh, for goodness no, sakes, no, no. calm down. Dutch stew. Dutch stew. Yes, he's from Holland. He's Dutch. Is his name Stu? Yeah. There we go. That's Good. a funny name for a Dutchman. He mm. <laughs> should be ironic. Well, the ironic. My nicknames. friend's Dutch, and his name's Dace, which sounds like a foreign name. Dutch Dace. My friend at school was called Slim. He was fat. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my husband's uh, nickname was um, Skinny. He he was Skinny. I don't know. Somebody he's not called anymore. Fat boy, fat. Fat boy, fat. Yeah. Is he a DJ? Uh, no. Now, Justin. Yes, boss. We're going to be talking late, later on. Mm. How was your show this weekend? Very good. Yeah, yeah. very slick. Yeah. Did, you, did you hear any of Tony Blackburn's show this weekend? Uh, yes, I did. Good? Yeah, good. Yeah, interesting. He's on BBC Three Counties Radio now, which is excellent stuff mm. indeed. Sunday mornings, 9 to 11. Beautiful. He tells it as it is. He don't, yeah. Catherine, what is this story we're doing at 10 to There's 8? There's a really polite train dispatcher at uh, St Albans Station who's been taking oh. the internet by literally... By storm, not wow, literally by storm. That would be viral. impossible. It's he's not... got viruses. Yeah, he's gone viral. So, because he is a very polite man and he says nice things to people as they stand on the platform feeling a bit like us this morning, a flat. bit flat and Monday-ish. Are you feeling flat, Just? Not really. No, not today. I met Kid Creole yesterday. I'm feeling good. Okay, wow. So, I'm just wondering, I think St Albans train station, yeah, you'll probably get quite a nice sort of commuter. I'm wondering how people would respond in a, oh, I don't know, like a Luton bus queue. Ooh. Yeah, no problem. Go and, go and try and entertain and cheer people up, Justin. What I'm going to do, I'm yeah. going to get some feedback and comps for James Allen, who's going to be live on the show. James Allen, from, yeah, that's the first. Uh, from St Albans. And then, yes, I shall go to a bus stop in Luton and uh, try and be polite on a Monday morning, and I shall just see what happens. I think I know what's going to happen, but let me put this to the test before I say anything okay. negative. Just for guidance, what James does is he gets on his... We haven't got a thingy. I was going to get you one. A tetraphone. Megaphone. 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 I haven't got one. You'll it's have to pretend. Put, put your hands I can talk like this. Hi, guys. Good morning. It's Monday. Yeah. I'm Justin. How are you feeling? Exactly. That's mm. what he does. He says, good morning. Can I tell you uh, how wonderful it is to see you all this morning? Oh. You people really do make my day. You're the only reason I come to work. And stuff like that. Yes. Now, I uh, listen, we're, looking, we're going to speak to James in an hour. I'm looking forward to talking to him. I hear he's a very, very nice chap. And this cheers a lot of people up. Mm. This would not cheer me up. Why would it not cheer you up? Oh, when train drivers and people like that start telling jokes and making announcements that are funny. Oh, no, thank you. But why is that? Because you're quite a fun, happy guy. I don't get it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Come on. Uh, well, between well, Matt House. Is, is it because they're funnier and happier than you? Walter is it an ego thing? No, it's not an ego thing. It's, it's just an ego what, thing, isn't it? No, it's not an ego thing. Mm. Where, where's the ego in just, I just, <laughs> just do your job, guys? Because somebody like him might be getting a bit more attention than you on that particular oh, yeah. day. Is that what it is? Oh, I think I've hit another Oh, Justin, we're, we're losing the line, mate. <laughs> just? Hello? Yeah. Oh, we've lost the line. Oh, dear, that's a shame. It's not, it's not true, true what he says, though, ain't it? 
Hey, I didn't get to bang on about my weekend. Oh, go on, quick. No, You've I, got I, I, 30 I'll do, seconds. I'll do it a bit. I went, I went somewhere, we had a lot of fun, it was half expensive, and got shouted at by a woman. Got shouted at by a woman. I say a woman, a child. Right. This is someone who worked at a place where it was supposed to be a visitor attraction. Right? Yeah. I still remember being told off by someone like that from years ago when I was a kid. Yeah. I think children do take it I'll to tell heart. you where and what was said in a little bit. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Building up now on the Great North Road heading southbound just before the Black Cat roundabouts. The M1's looking very heavy on the speed sensors heading southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Salford Road. The M25 very slow heading anti-clockwise between 21 the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also very heavy on the North Orbital Road just off the M25 and minor delays on the Metropolitan Line between Rickmansworth and Amersham. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I was out with my boys at the weekend at a very... A great... Pl- Two-thirds of it were great. A third of it, eh, not so great. Well expensive. And then we got shouted at by a woman in her early 20s. Well, l- let me tell you, I didn't stand for that. I mean, yes, technically she was in the right, but there are ways and means of dealing with uh, mistakes. Anyway, I'll tell you where it was in a little bit. 08459 455555. Let's get the news and sport now. Here's Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines. Residents' fears for another Fishermead fire. Woman raped during burglary at her Buckinghamshire home. And Silverstone triumph for Lewis Hamilton. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. In 2010, a mother and daughter lost their lives in a HIMO. The landlord was sent to prison for four months. Terry Baines, who chairs Fishermead Residents' Association, told this programme there have been improvements but dangers remain there are definitely um hymos on this estate that are not licensed haven't got planning permission are unregulated with scrupulous landlords where we could end up with another fishermead boulevard uh, with death police in north buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation after a woman was raped in her home while it was being burgled two men raided the victim's house near olney during the early hours of saturday the woman who's in her 50s said she was raped by one man while the other searched her home and stole cash credit cards and jewelry the home secretary theresa may will make a statement to mps today amid growing criticism of the way her department has handled allegations of historical child abuse yesterday the former conservative cabinet minister Lord Tebbit said there may have been a cover-up of claims that politicians at Westminster were involved in paedophile activity. The Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Harfordshire firefighter to be reinstated. Ashley Brown was dismissed for discussing strike action over pensions on Twitter. More from Matt Lockwood. The FBU says Mr Brown was sacked just before Christmas last year. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service said the tweets amounted to gross misconduct. Mr Brown denied this and an appeal against his dismissal was rejected. An online petition in support of Mr Brown's attracted over 4,000 signatures. The case is now due to be heard before an employment tribunal in September. Government ministers will travel across the country today, highlighting £12 billion worth of local investment projects over the next six years. 
years. In this area, it includes £22.5 million to dual the A421 from Milton Keynes to Junction 13 of the M1 and £10 million for Bedfordshire's Woodside Link, a new road which will connect Houghton Regis and the industrial estates in Dunstable to the planned new M1 Junction 11A. In sport, Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Out of the final corner he comes. Hamilton wins the British Grand Prix. His second win at Silverstone, his fifth of this 2014 season. It's a huge boost to his championship hopes. And finally, something to smile about for Britain in this summer of sport. The Hertfordshire driver now just four points behind teammate and championship leader Nico Rosberg, who failed to finish. And it's the third stage of the Tour de France from Cambridge to London, with the riders heading down the Hertfordshire-Essex border on their way to the capital. The weather starting dry with sunny spells, but with scattered showers this afternoon, which could turn heavy. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a great community. A lot of green spaces for kids to play. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. I like it when I see people looking after it, see them develop in the parks for the little ones. It's all about where you live. I've lived in Fishermead since 79. Yeah, community spirit's good and alive and kicking. There's a lot of good people here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Monday. Got that Monday. I don't normally get the Monday feeling. I've got the Monday feeling. Thank you. I've got the Monday feeling this morning. Maybe it's because it was a little bit darker as I drove in. Yeah, we're on the wane. We were on the wax. Now we're on the wane. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Don't let my uh, personal midlife crises uh, spoil your morning. Lots to talk about. If you want to give us a call, uh, you know, you can. Some of the stuff we've got, including four years after a fatal fire, fears there's still dangerous housing in Fishermead. Thousands signed petition in support for firemen, sacked for tweeting. And a gentleman you may be familiar with if you use St Albans Station. We'll be speaking to James Allen a bit later on, who brightens people's days by, you know, doing fun and frivolous announcements. Would that entertain you or get on your wick? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't... This is it. I've got it. I don't like Catherine. Yes. You don't, don't like that, me. That, that was a full, full stop there. No, OK. That went down well. I don't like forced jollity. No. Forced joviality. I don't like um, stand-up. That, yeah, it, it is. I don't like it. Right, we're, we're all... Go- I tell you why. It goes back to a teacher who um, hated me, hated me until I got on the telly. Then she wrote me a letter and I took great pride in not replying to that letter. I regret that now. Oh. But she, uh, we went on a school trip and she said to a coachload of 13-year-old kids, you will enjoy yourselves. Oh. <laughs> Was she doing a teacherly joke? Uh, no, she meant it. She meant you will enjoy yourselves at this rubbish thing to the point where inside I went, 
I'm never going to enjoy anything I'm meant to enjoy ever again. That'll learn you, Mrs B. I don't like New Year's Eve for that reason. Oh, I hate New Year's Eve. What's it's, the point of New Year's Eve? Well, it's wiping away everything you've achieved during the year. Yeah. And uh, you're all supposed to have a really great time. No, I'm going to bed. Night. <laughs> Can I come with you? Because that sounds awesome. I hate New Year's Eve. I've never enjoyed it. Hey, guys, let's let's we go to a pub. Uh, no. Let's it, watch Jules and all his mates have a party and get a bit drunk. Yeah, no, let's not bother. Let's not bother. Forced jollity. It really is not for me. But maybe you like that kind of stuff. Maybe you like it when you get funny announcements on train stations. Maybe, you, and I'm, you know, and James Adams is, is supposed to be a lovely chap and we'll have a chat with him. Uh, and, and maybe you think I'm being bar humbug Scrooge-like in my attitude. 08459 555. Um... Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just getting uh, a pep talk there. Now, this week, the big tour focuses on Fishermead and Milton Keynes, where people are telling us how worried they are about the way some residents are living. In 2010, a mother and her young daughter died in a house fire. Later transpired they'd been living in an unlicensed house of multiple occupation, or a HIMO. The property had no escape routes or sprinklers, and the landlord was eventually sent to prison for four months. The coroner at the time warned that unless there was a crackdown, it could happen again. But four years on, people living in Fishermead feel that nothing has changed. Well, Kevin Wilson is councillor for Woofton and Fishermead. He's also a member of the Bucks Fire and Rescue Committee. Good morning to you, Kevin. First of all, for those who don't know, what constitutes a HIMO? Well, housing, a housing multiple occupation, as it's called, is a house where several families live in the same property. That's basically the definition of a HIMO. There are different regulations concerning the size and, and uh, height of the property, but basically that's the case. So how is that difference different from flats? Well, flats are each property self-contained. We're talking here about single properties which have been subdivided into different bedrooms, if you will, so people are sharing the same property. Uh, and, um, do properties have to have planning permission before being converted into HIMOs? In most cases, yes, but of course, as you possibly know in relation to planning, it isn't, it isn't illegal to do something without planning permission. The danger is, of course, you risk enforcement action. Uh, and there are certainly suggestions that there are a number of, of HIMOs on, on Fishermead in particular, but elsewhere in Milton Keynes, uh, but especially on Fishermead, which do not have the relevant planning permission that's required. So as well as having some form of planning permission, uh, 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 um, they need licensing as well, don't they? Again, uh, the, the, yes, uh, the, the details of that are quite obscure, but... But in essence, they do, again, depending upon their size and, and scope. It's not, uh, it's not a quite as simple uh, an equation as one would wish. So what are your main concerns when it comes to HIMOs in Fishermead? Well, I mean, first of all, it has to be said that uh, houses in multiple occupation are not unique to Fishermead or indeed to Milton Keynes. They're found throughout the whole country. And in some cases, of course, they do provide good uh, standard of living for, for many people who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford anything else. But there are concerns about both the density of them. There's certainly concerns that um, that some of them are, are badly run. There are issues potentially about fire safety and all of those concerns. And there are concerns about some antisocial behaviour and parking and other things. But Fisher Media is a particularly... Um, 
particularly interesting place because there's a very, very large concentration of houses in multiple occupation in that estate, and there's no doubt a lot of residents feel quite uneasy about that. Um, and, and it's certainly true that, that that concentration isn't found elsewhere in Milton Keynes to the same extent. We spoke to Terry Baines, who chairs the Fishermead Residents Association. He said he's been to the council with a list of places that, that um, are these uh, houses of multiple occupancy and, and uh, are illegal ones, and he's been ignored. Well, I don't know about ignored, but certainly there are concerns about... Uh, houses which may be in multiple occupation which the council doesn't know about they are being investigated and i have assurances that that is that is always well, the he, case. he says he's presented a list and, and nothing's been done about it and sometimes uh, the, people knock on the door say is this a house of multiple occupancy no it's not oh okay then and they leave it at that uh, is the council thorough enough i i Sometimes it's terribly difficult. Some houses, for instance, that people think are in houses in multiple occupation actually are, are, are not. It's, it's a single family. That might be a large and diverse family, but it's a single family. So it's not always easy to come to an exact uh, certainty as to whether a house is in multiple occupation or not. But it's absolutely absolutely the case that the council must get to the bottom of this and must do so quickly and expediently. We cannot, we cannot have any risks about properties which could be could be dangerous where there's a fire risk and other things and simply leave it in a bed. So what is the council doing, Kevin? Well, the council is investigating. The council is also considering uh, further reports. You, you recognise this reports. as a new... Further reports, yes, coming to Cabinet in, in, in the next month or two to see if we can't join up our licensing and planning policies in a much better way to make sure, in a sense, that we get to the bottom of this, to make sure that uh, we do root out any any rogue landlords and problems because, you know, the local residents are rightly concerned and we want to make sure that we give them every assurance that we're doing everything we possibly can. What, what investigations are you undertaking? Well, investigations do involve exactly what you're saying by, by going to the properties, by talking to... to, to do you neighbors. go into the properties? Well, as and when and if we have a legal right to go into properties, right. you know, we don't, we, we, we can't, we can't slam through doors and things of that nature. But, but so, it, even if you suspect that they're unlicensed? If we suspect they're unlicensed, we'll make whatever investigations we can to try and uncover the situation. And, and, and does that mean going in? Well, we, we don't have the right. Even if you suspect they're unlicensed? We don't have the right to enter properties without, without, uh, without court authorization, for instance. So, so it could be you be turn quite, up at a house... We quite careful about this. It could be, Kevin, as I, as I just said, that you, you turn up at a house, knock on the door, is this a, a HIMO? No, it's not. Thanks I very think, much. I think that, that, that there is every possibility that some of that, some of that might be occurring. We've got to make sure that we, we do everything we possibly can legally to make sure that doesn't happen. That's why, in a sense, we want to just make sure that everything we, that we are doing everything we possibly could do, that we are addressing the problem as residents would wish us to, to address them. But so what are you... I'm still confused, Kevin. What are you doing, then? Your, your investigations. If you can't go into the properties, if people who, who have got these um, unlicensed HIMOs can send you away with a flea in your ear, what, what, what are you doing? Well, what I'm saying is that what we are doing is, is everything that we legally can. Which is? We, we, which is we are making investigations through various sources. 
Uh, what kind of sources? Ways. Well, I always said to you, you know, you're talking to, to neighbours, if neighbours have got information and evidence, it's a question of trying to build up the evidence that's required as to whether licensing or planning is necessary, whether enforcement action can be taken, and a whole range of other things. But if neighbours have got evidence, you can't not, go in and check, can you? I accept entirely. It's not an easy thing, not an easy thing to do. And I, I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, if there's anything further that we could be doing, that we do do it. And I'm not suggesting everything's rosy at the moment, by any means. And I'm certainly not suggesting that the concerns of a number of residents aren't, aren't real. They are, and, and they're genuine. And I'm just confused as to what you can do, Kevin, and what you are doing. Because, yeah, if a neighbour says, oh, there's, there's, there's loads of people, you know, 17 people living next door, you can't go in. So, <coughs> so what, what, what can you do? Well, the, the, when was the last the, the, time the, someone the, was prosecuted for this? That's a good question. And, and, I, and I must be honest, I haven't got information readily, readily no. to hand. It's been a um, while, hasn't it? It has been a while. Um, and, and, you know, there are definitely, definitely concerns about it. Um, what we do know is that, you know, quite a number of these people do make planning applications, and we have been refusing quite a lot of them recently. So there is some evidence that the council is taking a very different stance and position than it used to take in the past. Kevin, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Kevin Wilson, councillor for Woofton and Fishermead. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We, hey, we can all write reports. Does a report get anything done? And I did... I, you know, listen, they're in a tough position. Of course they are. But I, I did like the, the line, we're, we're investigating and doing as much as you can. Well, what are you doing? I didn't get... I don't think I heard a clear answer. Take us what. back a few years when this tragic... De- these two tragic deaths. Four years happened. ago. Yeah, and um, there was a lot of strident talk about how we won't allow these people to continue exploiting and um, making people live in dangerous situations. There was a lot of sort of tub thumping about it. It's all gone a bit quiet, hasn't it? I don't get it. If you think there are five, seven, seventeen people living in a flat, and you knock on the door, and they can just say, "No, it's just me and my wife." But surely, then they, they can't do anything about surely it. You can check through the council tax and benefits information. Surely. Well, I wouldn't have thought the council tax would have been registered properly, necessarily, but the benefits, poss- possibly. You can see how many people are living somewhere. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1, the Great North Road, looking rather heavy, heading southbound from before the Black Cat roundabout. The M1's looking very slow, heading southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Salford Road. Also, the A1M looking rather heavy, heading southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather heavy, between 21 the M1 and 20 Kings Langley. On the trains, minor delays on the Metropolitan Line between Rickmansworth and Amersham. That's due to signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's you! That's you in a nutshell. 7.16, it's uh, Monday the 7th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. Police in North Buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation after a woman was raped in her home in Olney while it was being burgled. And in sports, Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. People are lovely. There's a lot of people who have lived here a long, long time. We are up and coming 
and hopefully getting more and more friendly. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. Community spirit's good and alive and kicking. We've got our community garden here that's flourishing. Inviting everyone to where you live. Friendly estate where people care about each other. Yeah, I've got a good community and we all look, look after each other. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. It's my home at the end of the day and if I move, I'll be back. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I love it for me. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I swore in the studio just then, very loudly, and for a millisecond I lived in a world where I looked down and the microphone fader was open, the microphone was on. It wasn't, but I had that heart-stopping, stomach-sinking moment of, oh my God, my career's over. And let that be a lesson. No, no. What was it you said? Uh, Ask him that. No. Oh. Very. Why did you swear for? Why did you swear for? I'm so what flat. Did you swear for? I'm so flat this morning. I'm struggling to get. I'm struggling to get it up this morning. I really am. I'm just flat. What can we do? Get your dander up, you mean? Yeah, my dander, my pecker. Can't get my pecker up. Well, how can we help? Or your chin? My chin is up. Why the long face? What? Oh. I'm not Christian oh. O'Connell or a horse or Celine Dion. Unless you're oh. saying I look like one of those. You like a horse, Celine Dion, O'Connell. Right, that's fighting talk where I come from, guys. That's fighting talk. Now, uh, an online petition calling for a Hertfordshire firefighter to be given his job back after comments he made on Twitter has attracted over 4,000 signatures. Ashley Brown was dismissed on a charge of gross misconduct for tweets discussing strike action over pensions. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service claim his comments were threatening in nature and, quotes may have brought Hertfordshire County Council into disrepute. We can speak now to Keith Hanscombe from the uh, East Anglia branch of the Fire Brigades Union. Keith, you're, you've been involved in the campaign to get Ashley reinstated. What, what were the nature of Ashley's tweets? Good morning. Um, well, yes, the nature of them were about the strike, but obviously I can't actually talk about the details of those because they're still subject to a sort of appeal and employment tribunal. But uh, the, the claim that they were threatening in nature is interesting since there's no threats made in them to any people or individuals or named people. There's been no complaints received by the service and there's uh, no sort of reference being made to the police or any other okay, part. OK, no threats to specifics. Were they, were they j- just generally threatening? No, they weren't threatening at all in any way, in my view, nor in our sister's view. And importantly, not in the view of his own MP, the Conservative MP, uh, Mr Walker. He's seen them and he said it's ridiculous that someone that's given 25 years exemplary service to Hertfordshire people should be sacked for tweets that he thinks are innocuous. So they weren't, they weren't threatening. Did, did they contain aggressive or sweary language? Well, I think the important bit here, and I think it's what we're all very, very conscious of, is that because it is the early stages of back in December, the early stages of the dispute, the national strike over over firefighter pensions, that I think there's a lot of tension around. So I think we... So, yes. No, I'm I'm not saying there was any abusive language in there at all. Was there any abusive language in there? Well, I, I can't quote on anything. That's I'm not asking there. you to quote. I'm just asking, was the la- were there swear words in there? I can't comment on what's in the tweets. There's a very, very clear legal bit. I did expect you would... to research. No, I, I know. And, uh, you've already said they weren't aggressive, though. So you've, you've, you've commented on the tone, and that's all we're asking for. I, 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 I suspect, Keith, that you would tell me if there weren't swear words in there. Is that correct? No, I don't think I would. I wouldn't comment at all because for legal reasons. But importantly, uh, his own MP's seen them, and he thinks it's ridiculous he's been sacked for them. OK. I, I'm making up that there were swear words in there. Would that be correct? 
Well, I can't answer that question. You can ask as many times as you like. I won't answer that question. OK. What's the rule about firefighters commenting on disputes during strike action? Well, it's interesting, because in the fire service, we're expected to hold, for some strange reason, a much higher standard of, of, of uh, behaviour when we're off duty, let alone on duty. And uh, so we get treated, unfortunately, a bit differently. And there's been a number of cases recently uh, around disputes where the employer, the fire service themselves, have tried to clamp down on any speaking out at all. So I think that's one of the issues. There's a fundamental uh, breach of human rights in this as well, because anything that you and I could say, actually, uh, the comments that were in those tweets would be acceptable in any well, place. I don't know what the comments were. And uh, I, I, the thing is, OK, I don't think that's true, particularly not on Twitter, is it? Because we, we do hear of people who are suspended or sacked because of comments they've made about their employer on Facebook or Twitter. It's, it's, a, it's a different world to what it was five, ten years ago, isn't it? I agree with that as well, and there's no comments made at all about the employer. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service nor Hertfordshire County Council are mentioned at all in those tweets. OK, well, again, there are people who've been sacked or suspended because of comments they've made about uh, work conditions or, uh, you know, uh, political s- strike action. Well, I'm not sure there's been many of those, no, because uh, most people actually have a, a, a right to make comment about things that they do in their lives and also political comment. It's, it's different when you're at work. It's a real shame I've important. not got the tweets, and I know you can't go into specifics, but you, you have me a, 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 a disadvantage here because I don't know what they say, so I, I can't make any judgment on them. No. no you're right, you can't. And uh, but, uh, these home Conservative MPs, so it's very unusual, wouldn't you say, that a Conservative MP, a trade union, and thousands of firefighters are all sort of making the same comment. Uh, that the and particularly the ones who have seen those tweets are, are very clear about they think it's completely unfair for someone who's served the MP, five the, years with an the, the, career br- who's also father served for a lifetime in the in the yeah. father's of Andy's well, uncle. Well, that's, that's no blips at all. Keith, Keith, tweets. Keith, with, with, with greatest respect, is, is what his father did for a job has got no relevance to this at all. The Broxbourne MP Charles Walker uh, said that these tweets quote weren't a hanging offence. He didn't say they. That they that they weren't offensive or, or or anything like that, did he? He says he's made several comments actually about them not being worthy of sacking. That they, right. he saw them as innocuous, uh, and I think there's one of the bits of the judgments. I think uh, the, whether someone's worth being sacked for things that they say, and compared to somebody who should actually have some other sanction, maybe. Uh, I think it's the kind of bit where you work in a service and you give that kind of commitment to the community that ought to be taken into account. What impact has this dismissal had on Ashley and his family? It's been pretty devastating for him, unfortunately. I mean, I'm pleased to say that the firefighters and members of the public around Chesant have been collecting money for him, been sending donations to him to try and help him survive. But uh, his three children, his uh, his wife, who's... Uh, there were health issues in his family, and he's also the main carer for his dad, who unfortunately during this episode has also passed away. Uh, you're hoping that Ashley's case can be settled before it gets to the Employment Tribunal. What steps are you trying to take to achieve this? Well, we've been lobbying the council, and we've got a ch- chance for the council to make a decision about this next week. Uh, effectively, we just ask them to relook at the case themselves as elected members. We understand that managers, in those times, I say, sensitive times when you've uh, got strike action looming, that uh, let, let the councillors have a look at it, see if it's with a fresh set of eyes and see what they think. If, if a, a Conservative MP thinks that it's, uh, the punishment's been too harsh, we hope that they will intervene and perhaps look at the case and perhaps reinstate Ashley. And uh, if this fresh set of eyes agrees with the original decision? Well, then it goes to the Employment Tribunal, and the Employment Tribunal decided it's unfair, but I think that given the length of service that Ashley's given, without saying not a single blemish on his, on his career to that point, I think as an, a reasonable employer, the council would like to look at it, take a look. If they still feel it's justified, well, that's their decision. But I think that many people, uh, and we, we, we certainly believe, that they may well change their mind. 
Uh, it, it, there, there is a danger, isn't there, Keith? You lot have got um, a lot of strikes coming up soon. It, 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 is, is Ashley turning into a political hot potato? Well, that's the bit that's very difficult. Man. We, we hope it isn't, and that's the problem, I, I suspect, and I think this might be what's been difficult. Imagine being a manager, listening to such a case at the time at the start of the dispute. I can see how that would make it very difficult to make judgments that you would perhaps make differently at a different time. And so I'm very keen to not, not be political. This is about a firefighter who gave 25 years service, got a family of three, health issues in the family and financial issues in the family. He, he says some things because his own pension is being robbed from him. And so well, well, Keith, hang on, hang on. You've just said you don't want this to be political, and then you've just used incendiary language, haven't you, by saying he doesn't want his pension to be robbed from him. That's a political statement. That is a political statement. It's also how very much how Ashley feels. I know, but you've just said you don't want this to be a political thing, and, and yet you're, you are using political language. Uh, yes, I might have used political language there, but for Ashley, if, he's, if his pension's being massively reduced and he's got those commitments, would you feel a little bit incensed by that? Are you likely to make comments on Twitter about a strike that you're taking part in? But it, it, it does sound a little bit like a, a manifesto, though, Keith. You, you know, it, it, the, the case with, with Ashley is surely one thing, but then to start introducing political language shortly before a huge strike that you lot are going to undertake again... I, I just worry that Ashley's being used as a poster boy for this strike. Well, we've been very quietly and discreetly making uh, lobbying councillors for a number of months. We've been... Um, speaking to the MP and other people. We've kept it out of the press largely. In fact, it was Mr Walker who first went to, to press with it. And we're very pleased with the support we've had. We've been trying to keep it very low-key because it is... Well, you've got a petition with over 4,000 signatures. With the greatest respect, you've come on the radio. Uh, so it's not that low-key. It's because after several months, there's been no reaction from the, from the fire authorities at all. They've actually been... The county council have been sort of sidestepping the issue and they prevented it from actually... For good reason, for the constitution of their committee, they wouldn't allow it at the last committee meeting. They and had. so just before the strike, you come out with it? What, just, just before the strike? With, no, just because we're a week away from the full county council meeting. Okay. When else okay. do we come out with it? Keith, I appreciate your time. It's a fascinating story. Thank you very much, uh, Keith Hanscombe, uh, East Anglia branch of the Fire Brigades Union. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, it's interesting. There are... I'm trying to think. There would be certain things, Catherine, that if I said on Twitter, I would get the sack for. Yeah. And you can write as much as you like my views. Yeah. Not the views of my oh, employer. But you have doesn't to count. be so careful. Doesn't, we, we've, ha- we've had the legal training. Writing uh, the, all views expressed on here and mine, not those of the BBC, don't count for nothing. No. It's like saying allegedly... It's like saying, you know, Catherine Ball's a murder. murderer. Allegedly. That don't cover you in a court of law. Plus, there was no proof. Well, you say that. I made sure. Uh, uh, sorry. I just, I, I just do. You, you, you do, and it is, um, it is changing so much, you know, very quickly. That uh, you've got to be careful what you say on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm trying to think of what I would have to say on Twitter to to get this out. I certainly got very. I got suspended at Absolute Radio for for saying something about a, a company. Um, on there that turned out was one of a the biggest sponsor, massive sponsor, and I didn't realise, and they'd muffed up my boiler. It was British Gas. They muffed up my boiler. I slagged them off on Twitter. I got hauled over the coals and suspended for two weeks. Sans pay. The other uh, thing is, the more list, the more followers you have, the more yeah. power you have, as far as people are concerned. So yeah. the more they'll come down on you like a ton of bricks. You can't. You have to be so careful what you say on Twitter, and it, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But you do have to be really, really careful. Oh uh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you want to have your say on that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Southbound looking very heavy on the sensors between 14 at Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Salford Road. Also looking rather heavy on the M1 between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The A1M's looking rather heavy heading southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the A41, there's a lane that closed from Hemel, Hempstead, from Hemel Kings to the M25 um, at Junction 21 for Kings Langley. Queues back almost at Chesham. That's due to some resurfacing work that's taking place there. Taking a look at the M25, that's queuing heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. A minor delay is on the Metropolitan Line between Rickmansworth and Amersham, and that's due to some signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. In 2010, a mother and daughter lost their lives in a HIMO and the landlord was sent to prison for four months. Police in North Buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation after a woman was raped in her home while it was being burgled. Two men raided the victim's house near Olney during the early hours of Saturday. And the Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Hertfordshire firefighter to be reinstated. Ashley Brown was dismissed for discussing strike action over pensions on Twitter. An online petition backing his case has over 4,000 signatures. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. The Hertfordshire driver is now just four points behind teammate and championship leader Nico Rosberg, who failed to finish. Starting back there, I made it so much harder for myself, but to wiggle my way through and then catching Nico, really felt that I had the pace to race with him. I was looking forward to that race, you know. I was really, really looking forward to that battle, to get the win, to hold the trophy up on the podium. Really grateful and thankful for the fans. And for the Milton Keynes Red Bull team, Daniel Ricciardo was third and Sebastian Vettel fifth. It's the third stage today of the Tour de France from Cambridge to London, with the riders heading down the Hertfordshire-Essex border on their way to the capital after two memorable days in Yorkshire. Here's Team Sky principal Sir, D- principal Sir Dave Brailsford. To think that there's that many people come out for a sporting event and a cycling sporting event in, um, in Yorkshire is, uh, for a French race, basically, it's, quite, it's incredible, really. And it just it kind of took your breath away, you know, it really did. And it was, you think, well, this is going to finish in a minute, and it didn't. It was just a wall of people all the way around. Novak Djokovic won the Wimbledon title after a thrilling five-set victory over Roger Federer. After losing several Grand Slam finals in a row, started, of course, doubting a little bit. And, and I needed this win a lot. I'm going to try to use it in the best possible way and for my confidence to grow for, for the rest of the season and rest of my career. In football, Luton have confirmed the signing of experienced right-back Paul Connolly to fill the gap left by Ronnie Henry's departure. 30-year-old Connolly has previously been at Plymouth, Derby and Leeds and ended last season at Crawley. And in Cricket's Minor Counties Championship, it's day two of three at Harpenden. Hertfordshire are 82 for two in reply to Norfolk's 197. Bedfordshire declared on 276 for nine away to Cumberland. The hosts are 110 for one in reply and Buckinghamshire are 254 for four away to Suffolk. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Travel news for oh, beds, oh, guys. and bugs. This is what BBC happens. Three Counties oh, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to stop this. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh no, that's our home. I know.
stop that. Hang on. This is why you shouldn't. This is why you shouldn't shout in my ear, Kelly. It puts me right off. Hang on. But I'd like to know what difference he's going to make full stop because what? Um, the teachers always seem to be going on strike. They seem to go on strike every five minutes. And Morning, Ian. This is Kelly's nan. I'd like to ask you to stop getting on to her. And oh, so oh, 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 yeah, like that one. Hang on. I don't know. This is just a mess. Press stop. I'm trying to. No, I've got it, I've got it. Press it! I've got it! Hang on. Shaka like a boom boom. There we go. Well, Sue Clark is chairing the action group against turbines. I can't stop the flipping computer! Turbines. If you're just waking up, normal service will be resumed. Have you ever seen the cat when it gets into its basket? It gets a grip. It turns and sticks its paws into the bottom. Right, and it says when it gets on your lap and it digs its paws into your leg. Let us finish, let me there. Sleep on a snake. There we go. All right. Okay, that didn't happen. Oh, blimey! What was going on there? This is what tell her not to shout it, abuse in my ear. Kelly. Yes, yeah, Kelly's. That was it's all not her fault. You were pressing it. No, yeah, that's Kelly's fault. She prompted um, a reflex. Hello. You don't shout in my ear when I'm about to press a button. I was trying to wake you up. It's too late for that. You were asleep during that bulletin. It's too late no for offense, that. No offence, Simon. Uh, well, no offence. No offence. No. Full stop. Offence. Offence. Exclamation mark. Quick, talk to Ian. Oh, yeah, blimey. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. You've called in with something quite serious. What, what have you called in with? There's been an accident on the M1. I'm right next to it now. It's just, it's northbound, uh, just at the turning for Luton Airport, and there's three lorries and a car involved. Oh, blimey. Jun- it doesn't look too serious, but it's going to cause big problems for the next half hour or Junction so. 10, is that? It's Junction 10, yeah. Um, just about 100 yards north of the, the slip road. Um, yeah, it's a foreign lorry. Is that, is any, uh, does it look like anyone's hurt or anything, Ian? Uh, it look, looks like they're, uh, they're all out and they're okay, but it's just it, it's, they've got to move the lorries and things like that. So. Oh, I, I bet it's starting to build up already. It is already, yeah. Ian, thank you very much. So, northbound, uh, M1, junction 10. Avoid. Uh, avoid if you can, guys. If you can. Thank you, Ian. Kelly just phoned in. That's through to travel, so. Let's listen. Ian? Yes. Did he say what was blocked? Yeah, the M1. Which lane? Junction 10. Which lane? The whole motorway. Oh, hang on. Ian? Oh, he's gone. gone. The whole motorway is blocked. There's been an accident. So, uh, the whole motorway. See, this is how specific we are. Yeah. With the travel. He's he's not moving. The caller was called Ian, yeah. Yeah. He was called Ian. Bye. That was weird, wasn't it? Well, we had someone called Ian. I always find that weird. Weird. You're more, if you're in a room with 13 people, the odds are that someone in that room will have the same birthday as you. Deal with them facts. Mm. Well, oh, that's. Well. Something like that. I used to live next door to someone um, in the halls of residence where I was. Yeah. It was called Catherine Boyle. Hey! Ooh. I've heard. I know. She nearly s- missed a date with her future husband because of me. Because you were busy. Gonna... <laughs> Playing the sax? <laughs> no, because he knocked on my door and I'd gone out and he thought he'd been stood up. Oh, blimey. You wouldn't have stood him up. Was he a dish? Uh, no, she could have him. Name confusions. Call me now. Uh, 459 nah, nah. I once also... met another Kelly Betts. Yeah. 
and uh, we spoke on the phone. And I was like, oh, let's let's meet. And we met up, and I was what? expecting her to be the exact same height, same size, everything. Got there, and she was really tall with brown curly hair. And I was like, oh, you're not me. Why would, not why me. would you meet up someone just because they're the same name as you? We, you're we not we Dave thought, Gorman. No, we thought we were related. Was like, boring, what are your parents' names? She also had a fellow called James. Right. She lived in Hemel. Right. Uh, I was like, is your mum called Janet? She went, no. I was like, oh. Oh, we're not the same person. Oh, I really was hoping for that. There was also a girl in my hall's residence called Lick Men. Is <laughs> <laughs> that her full name? Yeah. The poor girl. So first name was Lick, last name Men. I don't know whether it was just the full... I, you know, she's Chinese, so... Oh. I don't know whether... I don't know how it works. But... Um, <laughs> she used to get some awful things written on her door. <laughs> And she was really sweet and quiet. Yeah, they I felt they, so they sorry for her. Oh, Lickmen. Lickmen. Well, yeah, okay. I just, I, I just stopped myself from getting the sack then. Just stopped myself. You right, Kath? What, what, what abuse did you give her? None. I just felt sorry for her. She carried her handbag in a very dainty way. She didn't deserve it. Did she? Mm. No. She's a proper lady. Did she lick men? Certainly not. No. Oh. Anyway, it was no one's business. <laughs> she did then. Oh, dearie me. If, now, if this were um, uh, 10 o'clock at night, we'd now be doing phone in with your rude names. It's not, so don't. I told you about Wayne, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Very devout Christian family, the Kings. Now, I'm going to do the front page. <laughs> what I don't get, here's what I don't get about names. I think the registrar should intervene. I think so. I don't get people who've got the same first name and the same surname. Oh, yeah. Like Neville Neville. Yeah, Neville Neville. When I bought my first flat, okay, we were deceived by the estate agent in that she was hat. Feeling hat, hat, hat. No, you weren't deceived. You were led by not your brain. Yeah, exactly. Your own fault. So, and when uh, I agreed that I wanted to buy it, didn't see that girl ever again. I think she may have been a ghost. Instead, we saw a gentleman called Felix. And Felix was, was very nice, and he sorted out all the boring stuff. I'd never bought a house before, right? And so I'm in the flat, and I was with my girlfriend at the time, but she wasn't there. And we were decided we were, we were going to buy it. And we didn't speak to any grown-ups about how you buy a flat. So we're in the flat. It's like our fifth viewing. The flat's been on the market for about eight months. No one's been interested. So we could have got it right down. And I went, yep, OK, we'll take it. And you could just see him going, idiot. And he said, OK. I said, can we get five grand off the price? <laughs> he went, no, I don't think so. OK. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot! It's a game of poker! It's a game of poker! So we paid the full price. Anyway, this gentleman called Felix was fine. And then I went round to get the keys. Everything had been signed and sealed. Went round to get the keys. I shook his hand. First things first. He had no middle fingers. Or was it thumbs? He was missing... Uh, maybe it was... Maybe it was thumbs or middle fingers on either hand. Right. That's weird. And then we saw well, a document. Well, come on. That's, well, it's not the norm. Yeah, but it's not a, it doesn't, it's not a sign of anything sinister, well, is it? Well, who knows? And then we saw the document. Letter signed from Felix. First name? Last name? Felix. He was Felix Felix. Felix. Why would you do that? That means happy, happy, doesn't it? Does it? He was happy when he found you. Flipping heck. Yeah, I know exactly. Would have been happy when he found Lick Men as well. There um, was a boy I, I heard in the paper the other day, and his first names. Yeah. His first names, they yes. decide to hyphenate. You know, sometimes people can't decide. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Thomas. Oh. <laughs> a baby called John Thomas. Now, at that stage, if you're the registrar, you've got to say something, haven't you? You, you know, just, just to let you know. This name does mean Willie. Yeah, this name means Willie. Are you happy for that for the rest I'd, of his life? I'd, if I was a registrar, I would um, make them 
have silly names. I don't think you, I don't think the, the registrar has that power. Yeah, but you know. Registrars. If you're a registrar, can you not talk them down sometimes? Because you know. in, in some countries, it's illegal to have stupid names. Like you can't yeah. be called Obi Wan Kenobi. It's a character in a movie. Mm. Obi Wan Kenobi. What's wrong with that, Kelly? Nothing. He's um, uh, Skywalker's teacher, isn't he? Obi Wan Kenobi. In France, up to fairly recently, you had to have one out of a, an official book. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So Francois fine. Obi Wan Kenobi, forget it. <laughs> What's wrong with Kelly? They've had to halt filming on the new Star Wars film because of uh, Harrison Ford. Well, yeah, they've got to wait for him to heal, haven't they? Got to wait for him to heal. Use the Force. Is Obi Wan Kenobi in this one? <laughs> I don't really know the Star Wars... He should be in it, shouldn't he? History. He should be in it. Oh, I mean, no, he's dead. That's what I thought. But he can still be in it, can't he? They Ghost. can use um, holograms in that. So. Like um, Laurence Olivier in that musical with Cliff Richards. Mm. Remember that time? Did he do that? Yeah. My mum went to see him in that Heathcliff mu- musical. Laurence Olivier wasn't in that. No, Cliff. She said he was in it too much. <laughs> <laughs> he was the star of it. Yeah, but there were bits where it was young Heathcliff's turn. Yeah. But old, old Heathcliff... Heathcliff cliff yeah oh decided oh. to stand at the side of the stage and emote oh jeez. in a and apparently in a, an over-the-top manner G- give me a call now is obi-wan kenobi in the new star wars film 08459 555 kels do you know if he's in it or not no i don't know okay <clears throat> i'm sure if he's not there'll be references throughout that little nod won't there yeah um right well um, shall I look at the front pages of the newspapers? Yeah, be quick. Oh, no! So, Sunday, on a whim, my wife says, let's go to Birdworld. I went, that sounds rubbish. Birdworld? Yeah, it sounds rubbish. I said, let's go to Woburn Safari Park. Mm-hmm. And I've realised I say safari wrong as well, and I've not been able to say it. I, I don't, I caught, an extra eye in there, I caught myself you? doing it, and I thought, I can't say safari right. <laughs> I know! Say anyway. It, say it in isolation. Safari. That's like you can't say quarter either. I don't say quarter. No, you say quarter. I don't say quarter. He says quarter, doesn't he? He also says milk. Really so we went to... Um, and I, I, What I want to say is Windsor Safari Park, because I'm old enough to know that place, guys. Mm-hmm. So we went to Woburn Safari Park, and it... I'm not, not being funny, right? There were four of us. He's about to be funny, you know. Well, no. I, there were four of us. We drove up. We are all excited. We hadn't looked online, really, at all. We just looked, it was open. Said, so, right, there are two adults... One uh, four-year-old, one two-year-old. Oh, the two-year-old gets in free. Oh, fantastic. Wee. Quid's in. That'd be £60, please. 60 quid! You over the laugh! 60 quid! I don't remember it costing that much. 60 quid! How much? 60 quid! Ooh. To get in. Right, all right, fair enough. And we go. That's expensive. That is, that is well expensive. Then we're in a little drive. They're driving around, but it's fun, you know, because you can um, let the kids drive in there. There's no law. It's a private road. You can let the kids drive. It's true. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're driving around. We saw the rhinoceros, saw the lions, saw the ostrich. The tigers up the end. They're never towards the cars. They're always up the end. No, tigers came near us. Did they? So did the bears. (gasps) So did the bears. The bears came near us, and we had a monkey on our car. Nice. Didn't didn't do any damage like he did to the car in front. Suckers. Did he get his toolbox out? Got it out, and he ripped an aerial off, and he ripped their seal off. And, um... I nearly said something very rude then, but he did... Um, anyway. They do look for loose bits. So. <laughs> Kelly, right, Kelly. Kelly, focus on the story. 
Anyway, so... Anyway, so we're driving around, OK? This is good, but it's time for travel. God, <laughs> nuts. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1, the Great North Road, looking rather heavy, heading southbound, just around the Black Cat roundabouts. The M1's looking slow as well, heading southbound between Junction 12 for Flittick and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. Taking a look so far at the A1M, that's looking heavy, just around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25's looking very heavy, heading clockwise, just around Junction 25 for Enfield, heading through those roadworks. Taking a look on the Barnet Way, that's looking heavy between Barnet Lane and Mill Hill Circus. And minor delays on the Metropolitan Line between Rickmansworth and Amersham, and that's due to some signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Can you whistle? Oh no. dear, that's like rubbish. Yeah, rubbish. Utter rubbish. Oh, well, now we've got straight to the weather. Weather. BBC oh, Three Counties Radio. Right, Sarah. Yeah. It's not your turn. I know, I know it's not. Oh, flipping it. This I, is... I, I can wait. I can do it now. I mean, I'm really pretty easy. Right? Uh, well, listen, don't do yourself down, Sarah, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I, right, right. I tell you what, you do it now, then I'll come back with the right music and I'll do the news. By that point, you'll be gone, so it's not your concern. I see. Over okay. to you. Uh, beautiful start this morning across the three counties. Very happy to be on air to say that to you. Uh, plenty of sunshine in prospect through the day today and a top temperature of 20 or 21 Celsius. There is, though, the risk of some showers cropping up as we go through this afternoon. They could be quite heavy. Uh, they could have a little rumble of thunder mixed in at times, but uh, there will be also drier and brighter interludes mixed in with those showers and a top temperature, as I say, 20, 21 Celsius at 70 in Fahrenheit. Tomorrow, a really good risk of running some showers in the afternoon, but... Uh, before that, again, dry, lots of sunshine around, fairly cool start first thing in the morning. And Wednesday should be dry, but Thursday we'll be talking about some rain moving towards us from the east in the second half of the day. In the meantime, though, a really nice day in prospect for today, Ian. You're a professional. I'm a Muppet. Thank you. Deary me. Right, 7.47. It's Monday, the uh, 7th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. Police in North Buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation after a woman was raped in her home in Olney while it was being burgled. And in sport, Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person to sort this out. The JVS Show, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is uh, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. We need Justin for this little uh, piece as well. Are you sorting that out? He's not answering his phone. What is his beef today? I don't know. Daily? But he's not on till after the guest anyway. 
so you could speak to James. All right, nice one, I will do. Now, there's a train dispatcher at St Albans Station who defines what it means to be friendly. Apparently, he can put a smile on even the most hardened commuter's face. He's called James Allen. We can speak to him now. Morning, James. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, James. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you worked at St Albans Station? Well, about 14 months now. I must say, I love it. I really enjoy my work. It gives me a real kick. Does it? Because a lot of those people who get on trains, they're grumpy, they're miserable, they're rude... No, 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 they're not rude. They're just ordinary people. It's part of the human condition, I'm afraid, to be frail. And and when customers are upset, it's not because they're being belligerent. It's because we've let them down in some way and they're saying, help, I want control over my life again. And we should do everything possible to put that right. So how how do you do it? Let's let's assume, uh, uh, James, that, that my train to London it's twenty minutes late because there's mm-hmm. been overheated wires. How would you reassure me, James? How would you give me control? Well, I'll give you information. That's the most important thing. And I'll give you accurate and honest information. And I'll give it to you as often as I have it. And I'll use words. You see, when things go wrong, I watch people's souls sagging, and that's so sad, isn't it? Yes. And giving people Saggy information soul. gives them the ability to make decisions again. And when they can make decisions again, they have control over their lives again. And when they have control over their lives again, their stress levels go way down. See, I, li- I like the information, because that's, that's one of my, my complaints when I'm, I'm waiting for a bus or waiting for a train, and, or you're stuck on a train, and you don't get information as to what's happening, what's going on, how long it might be, what, you know, what people are doing to, to back it up. That is a very empowering thing. But we have to give people information, and we have to give it in a very empathetic way. You see, when people are on the station for a few minutes, we're looking after their souls, and we can't do anything to diminish that. So we have to be nice as well. So I tell people, look, I'm, I really am terribly sorry. I tell people, look, I can see that your, your, your spirits are failing, and I'm so sorry, everyone, and I'm going to do everything that I can to put things right. Do you ever get told off by your bosses, James? They ever say, look, look, uh, Alan, come on, boy, calm down. You're talking too much. No, no, my bosses are very, very supportive, and so are many of my colleagues. Just yesterday, for example, one of the train drivers pulled into the platform and he opened his cab window and gave me a very firm shake of the hand. Well, that must be quite um, rewarding. It is, yes. Do you do, James, are you one of those people that does funny songs and jokes and things? (laughs) No, no, no. It's always a serious mistake to try and be funny. Ah. I'm not a natural comedian. Good, I, I, I like that, because, again, when I, when, quite often you'll find tube drivers are the worst of this. Tube drivers in London will, um, will they'll try and be, you know, tell jokes and things like that. Come on, you think, come on, mate, you're not Michael McIntyre. <laughs> That's OK. What our customers really want from us, and we do try and give it to them, is accurate, honest information and a friendly, empathetic approach. They need to know that they're people. And so what kind of language do you use, then, to, to make it easily understandable? Well, for example, if I'm making an announcement, I'll always start with, how are you today, and how nice to see you, and it's a gorgeous morning. And I'll uh, try and finish with, with something that I jolly well mean, such as, it is a privilege to serve you folks. Oh. I know we have our hiccups, but it really matters. Now, I actually say those things over the PA, and I mean them. And I mean them because I want to have happy working days, and I want to go home at the end of the shift feeling good about me. It's, it's so simple. Uh, to be pleasant and to get things right, and it's so draining to get things wrong. And our lives are full of hiccups. Why on earth introduce more pain into our lives? With the greatest respect to your colleagues, you sound quite well-spoken for uh, someone who works on the trains. Well, I suppose I am. I I used to be a butler. Oh, Uh, did you butler? 
Would you like to hear an interesting story about my butler? I'd love to hear a story about you butling. It's about 15 years old now, so I think it's safe to tell it, but I used to be a butler at a private members' club in the far north of Scotland, and a member of the club who was, how shall I say, just a touch corpulent, used to ask for 15 extra pillows on every visit, and we could never understand why. But six visits down the line, one of the housekeepers went into his room fairly early one morning and discovered his wife sleeping in the bathtub. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness! So there's a little interesting story about my butler's days. I think that's probably the only one it's safe to tell you. Oh, really? The, the rest of it? Well, James, listen, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Keep on, uh, keep on fighting the fight and doing what you're doing, sir. I wish there were more people like you. You're very welcome, and thank you for the privilege of being on your radio programme. Oh, James, you're very... You're, he's, he's nice, isn't he? He's not. You listening to that, Justin? Wow. Yeah, so you, smooth. Yeah, you could learn a, li- a lesson or two from him. Yeah, and you. Cause, no, well, no, because I am actually very charming, and I, I mean that yeah. sincerely. It really is a privilege for me to be, um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, doing this dos of a job. Yes, yes. But you're quite foul-mouthed, rude, <laughs> arrogant, what? Obnoxious, stinky sometimes. Me? Yeah, you, Justin. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Do you not Thanks. think? Uh, no. No, I, I'm, I'm teasing, of course. You, 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 you kind of, you've got a similarity to James. You're like a, you're like a street urchin version of James, aren't you? Because <laughs> you, you, you say all that kind of stuff, and you mean it. You enjoy your job. No, you? I do. I do, actually. You, I, I, I enjoy people who are, let's they, just say, a little bit different, and James is certainly one of those. Not many people around no. like James. You've been um, taking this to the streets, Justin mm. Dealey. What, uh, what have the streets been saying? Well, I've actually been at, uh, in St Albans this morning at the train station oh. asking people Here for their go. thoughts on... On Happy James, I tell you what, Ian, he is really well loved down there. Here's what people had to say. He's a happy guy, loves his job, and uh, he gives you the up-to-date information on the trains, which I love, because I have to catch a train myself to get to and from work. So, on a Monday morning, you might be thinking, oh, the weekend is gone, I'm feeling miserable. He can actually cheer you up. He puts a smile on your face. Yeah, he even apologises for the weather. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. He does make us very happy. He, he, uh, he announces everything. He tells you from start to finish what's going on. So, you know, sometimes you don't get that information, so it's very good. But the way he does it as well, does, does he put a smile on your face first he thing in does, the morning? He does, very much so. Let's face it, looking up and down this platform right now, nobody looks particularly happy, no, do they? We're never happy in the morning. <laughs> but he lightens the mood. He does, he does. They've even given him a hat, a station announcer's hat. It's brilliant. Fantastic. Have a good week. Take care. All right, yourself. Andrew. As soon as I said happy announcer, you said James straight away, so you yeah. know who he is. Yeah. What does he mean to you? Oh, he's fantastic. He's a little ray of light, especially when you come home in the evening. You know, sometimes he has uh, chocolates out and he's inviting all the uh, commuters. Welcomes you all home. He's just a cheery voice and uh, just a, a genuinely lovely man. Do you think he gets away with it because it is St Albans? If it was a, another location, do you think he might be told to shut up? No. Putting it bluntly. No, I, I really don't think so. I mean, there's plenty of miserable people living here just like anywhere else. But, you know, it's, it's just nice. It makes a, a nice change to see a smiley face and, you know, hear a genuine voice. And the people that I'm talking to, if he wasn't here, he would genuinely be really, really missed. Uh, he would. I think so, yeah. I, I look forward to, you know, seeing him in the mornings, hearing his apologies for why things aren't going well or uh, welcoming me home in the evening. That's your train. Get going. Take care. Thanks. Right, so James Allen mm. loves his job. Yep. I can't believe there is anybody out there that loves their job as much as James Allen does. We've all got... Listen, my job's a DOS, and I really, really enjoy it for the most part. But even mm. I, even me, my mild-mannered me... Sorry, Catherine. Sorry. 
Even my old man and me sometimes gets a little bit grumpy about having to come into work, especially about getting up at four o'clock. That's a that's a real. But come on, on the whole, you love it. You love what you yeah, do. Yeah, on the whole, we're, I do. We're in a very privileged position doing what we're doing. Well, yes, uh, we, yes, we, I think so. We're we're lucky. Mm. We're lucky, and it's compared to you know saving people's lives and building walls and stuff like that. It's a piece of cake. Yeah, we've got it easy. Yeah. Um, but but can you see if you can find can you find anybody who loves their job as I bet most people when you ask them do you love your their, your job will go mm. nah not really yeah. I shall certainly put it out there, and also I might even put this uh, uh, James attitude to the test this morning. Go on. Welcoming people into Luton. I tried it a moment ago off air. I said, "Good morning, madam. Welcome to Luton. Highs today of 21. I'm desperate for a coffee." And off she went. Oh blimey! Yeah. Oh, so not blimey. quite the same as uh, the reaction in St Albans, or maybe it's just a, a James thing. The way that he's doing it, he's got that special touch. Justin, see what you can do. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There can't be anybody out there who enjoys their job. As much as James. We've all got little... I mean, I like this job. It's, it, 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 I'm very lucky to do it. Of course I am. But man alive, when I have to get up at four o'clock, I am cursing the BBC like there's no tomorrow. Whereas I spring out of bed, <laughs> throw open the curtains, and the bluebirds come in and help me get dressed. You sent me a message this morning saying, I can't get up. Yeah. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Let's bunk off. It took me about 40 minutes to open my eyes this morning. I was brushing my teeth, eyes closed. Washing my face, eyes closed. Got in the car, opened them. And you're you're luckier than me to have your job. Yeah. Feels Cal- it. Feels yeah. it every day. Well, you are luckier than me to have it, but two reasons. One, because I'm talented, and B, because you get to work with me. Oh. Kelly? Hello. I love my job. Boss. Boss. Uh, so, Woburn Safari Park, 60 quid to get in. Drove round. Saw- oh, this? A week? Did you not do this story? No, I don't. I've not, got to, I've not got to the Wallabies. Wow. Not got to the Wallabies. And that's the problem. There's, there's the problem. There's my beef. We went to the wallaby section, right? Now, I didn't see... Yes, I was in the wrong. I didn't see the sign saying, keep to the path. Didn't see them. Nor did lots of other people. So we didn't keep to the path. We went up and walked up and had a little look at the wallabies. We were there for about 10, 15 minutes. Then we hear this voice. Oi! Oi! You! Get on the path! Get on the path! Now! Blimey, we're Someone all... calling their dog back or something? No, it was a young woman in her early 20s who worked there having a go. There were kids there. You don't speak to people like that on the first go. Thank you very much. No. And my boy's there, four and two. I went, excuse me, we've got children. Where, where, where are the signs? There are signs everywhere. I did see the signs afterwards, admittedly. I said, yeah, you don't, you don't speak to anybody like that, particularly not children. You've got no respect for children. How come back? You've got no respect for the animals. Wow, she's having a bad day. She, she sounds really... She nearly cried. Husky. She was nearly crying. She was so angry. And I said, I said you, can't, you can't talk to people like that. It was disgusting. It ruined the whole thing. I don't get angry people. Where does it come from all of a sudden? comes from um, being denied affection as a child. Oh, you should have given her a hug. I tried to and she slapped me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, rather heavy moving between Junction 12 at Flittick and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. The M25 very slow heading anti-clockwise from before Junction 21A for St Albans to Junction 16, the M40. Just getting in that the Metropolitan Line's now been um, resumed between Rixmansworth and Amersham. That was due to a signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't get me started on the chavvy bloke who had a go at my wife. He was wearing a T-shirt that said, Take me to your boozer. 
And the, and the horrible common woman who forced a three-year-old with a sprained wrist down a slide when she didn't want to go on it. Oh, dear. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Council trying to reassure residents in Milton Keynes. Campaign to reinstate sacked firefighter in Twitter row and Hamilton highlights Hertfordshire home comforts. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Council say they're doing all they can to licence houses of multiple occupation. Residents in Fishermead a warning of another potentially lethal fire four years after a mother and daughter lost their lives in a HIMO and the landlord was sent to prison for four months. Kevin Wilson is the Labour councillor for the area. What we are doing is is everything that we legally can. Which is? Which is we are making investigations through various sources. uh, What kind of sources? Talking to to neighbours, if neighbours have got information and evidence. It's a question of trying to build up the evidence that's required as to whether licensing or planning is necessary, whether enforcement action can be taken. The Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Hertfordshire firefighter to be reinstated. Ashley Brown was dismissed for discussing strike action over pensions on Twitter. An online petition backing his case has over 4,000 signatures. The case is now due to be heard before an employment tribunal. Keith Hanscom from the FBU is hoping county councillors step in before that. Let the councillors have a look at it, see if there's a bit of a fresh set of eyes and see what they think. If a Conservative MP thinks that the punishment's been too harsh, we hope they will intervene and perhaps look at the case and perhaps reinstate Ashley. Police in North Buckinghamshire are continuing their investigation after a woman was raped in her home while it was being burgled. Two men raided the victim's house near Olney during the early hours of Saturday. The woman, who's in her 50s, said she was raped by one man while the other searched her home and stole cash, credit cards and jewellery. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, will make a statement to MPs today after suggestions the Home Office failed to act on allegations of a Westminster paedophile ring when they first emerged in the 1980s. Labour's calling for a public inquiry, but Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg is worried that could hamper police efforts to get abusers behind bars. The only way we're going to get people charged, prosecuted, get people into court, get people behind bars, if that's what is merited, is by allowing the police to do their work. Yes, let's keep an open mind about how we look into this more broadly, but I think the urgent need is to let the police get on with their work. Government ministers will travel across the country today, highlighting £12 billion worth of local investment projects over the next six years. In this area, it includes a £22.5 million investment to duel the A421 from Milton Keynes to Junction 13 of the M1. In sport, Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Hamilton says Saturday night, back at the family home in Chewin in Hertfordshire, did the trick after a disappointing qualifying session. Dad Anthony is a Father. It's never over. Saturday's obviously just one of those days where it didn't come together. But, you know, it's race day that counts. And I knew he, you know, he's a racer and I knew he could come back. And it's the third stage of the Tour de France from Cambridge to London, with the riders heading down the Hertfordshire-Essex border on their way to the capital. The weather starting dry with sunny spells, but scattered showers this afternoon, which could turn heavy. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, 
hearts and bucks. The multiculturalism, if you embrace it, is good. It's all about where you live. It's a lovely, open, community-minded area. Got our community garden here that's flourishing. And all this week, we're featuring Fishermead. You say good morning to them, you say goodbye to them, but you don't know them. And that's nice. The big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four years after a fatal fire, there are fears it's still dangerous housing situations in Fishermead. Thousand signed petition in support for a fireman being sacked after tweeting. And is there anybody who loves their job as much as, well, James Allen, who we spoke to earlier on? He works at St Albans Station. He loves it. We all have little gripes. Even if we've got our dream job, we all have little gripes about it, don't we? Don't we? I love this gig. It's great. But I've got, I've got to have my beef. Partly because I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, partly with the people I have to work with. There's nothing I can do about either of those things. My request for flexi time was turned down. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. There can't be anybody that, 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 that we've, we've all got little beefs and gripes with our, with our jobs and what we do, and, and there are people that wind us up, and there are aspects of it we're not so keen about, and there must be. Do you love your job 100%? 08459 now, this week's big tour takes us to Fishermead and Milton Keynes, where people are afraid nothing's been learned from tragic events in the past. In 2010, a mother and daughter died in a fire at their home, which it later emerged was an unlicensed house of multiple occupation. The landlord was jailed, and the coroner at the time warned that unless the government cracked down on landlords, forcing them to register and insisting their properties had escape routes and sprinkler systems, it could easily happen again. Well, four years later, people living in Fishermead tell us nothing much has changed. Ian Wilson is station manager at Bucks Fire and Rescue and joins me now. Ian, how concerned are you about this situation? Um, morning, Ian. Um, well, what people don't know is that behind the scenes, a great deal of work's been going on between Milton Keynes Council and Bucks Fire and Rescue Service. And with the help of the residents of Fishermead, We've been able to locate a large number of, of unknown, well, previously unknown houses in multiple occupation, called HIMOs, and um, the, the appropriate safety measures have been put in place. So, so I'm, not, I'm not as concerned as, as, as most people are, because I know that there's a great deal of work going on. How, how, do you know how many houses uh, or, or properties have been um, dealt with in the last four years since that terrible accident? No, I haven't got the figures on, on top of my head, in, but I do know that immediately after that, that tragic fatal fire, I know that um, the Milton Keynes Council, the private sector housing team, were inundated with uh, response mm. from the public, which is fantastic, but um, you know, they didn't have enough resources. We were trudging the streets in the snow, helping them, knocking on doors in Fishermead, you know, checking out the addresses that we'd been given. Many of them, we found, were not houses of multiple occupation they were private rented um you know to uh, single families um, maybe large families and maybe that's why the neighbors thought that they might be high most 
But um, we, we whittled that, that list down over the, uh, the months following. And, uh, and um, now we're in a situation where we get a steady trickle. Probably I do consultations with, with the council, probably about three or four properties a week. Uh, p- part of the problem we've heard from uh, the people living in Fishermead is that, um, that if someone goes and knocks on the door and asks, you know, is this a HIMO, and they say no... There's nothing more that, that can be done. Do, do, do the council need more powers to, to enforce this, do you think? Well, I can tell you that we didn't stop at the door. Because we have powers of entry, um, the council have powers of entry, ah. they have to give notice. Uh, and the fire service, under the fire safety order, the, the law that we enforce, we have powers of entry to ascertain whether that premises comes under the order or not. Ah. So, so I, said, I said to the people, can we come in nice and friendly and... Uh, in the most part, most people were as friendly as anything, invited us in. And at that point, I can see whether it's a high yeah. or not. You know, you, you, look for, you look for signs. What, what are the signs, Ian? What, what, what gives it away? Well, um, several, you know, locks on cupboard doors in kitchens, um, several, you know, repetition of, um, of uh, cooking appliances, you know, like frying pans and things like that. People have their own stuff. Mm. Uh, and you don't find that in a single household. Um, also, going up the stairs, you know, you might see locks on the door, which may or may not be an indicator. And I'm just generally looking at the fire precaution. So, even if these premises weren't HIMOs, we were then offering free smoke alarms and, uh, you know, making them safe if we saw that they weren't. I imagine as well that if there is uh, a fire or you're called out to an emergency, th- these HIMOs can uh, present a risk to you lot. It can do. I mean, the, the risk the risk associated with hormones is mainly to do with the people because their relationship um, isn't as strong as, um, say, a, a family of uh, you know a family of, of people and perhaps um, friends or, or colleagues or students living together. So that that's where the risk comes from. And uh, you know, if they're, if they're not if they're not compliant, then the risk is obvious. You know, if they haven't got a fire alarm, if they haven't got fire doors and safe escape route then uh, that's, that's a risk to the occupants. Ian, thanks very much. 08459 455 555. You want to have your sound out? That's Ian Wilson, station manager at Bucks Fire and Rescue. Have you just had a oh, steam? Oh, no, I got a second. I was trying to be all smooth there. What's going on with the computer? Anyway. Da, 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 da. I don't get where the eye comes from. In HIMO. Yeah, it's houses of multiple occupancy. So, yeah. so why is... Oh, I just see what that spells. Yes, that, 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 would, uh, that would probably be inappropriate, wouldn't it? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, uh, welcome to Fire Park. And there was this, this... You're still there. So that we're playing in the playground, and there was a slide. Uh, you know, there often are in, in playgrounds. And there was this young girl. She was about three. And um, she had a... Sp- I think she had a sprained wrist. She had her arm in a sling and a bandage wrapped around her left wrist. So I'm assuming she had her thing. And she climbed up, and she was scared to come down the slide. Come down that slide! Oh, I don't want to come down the slide. Is that you Ca- saying that? No, this is the, her mum. Come down that slide! And she's in tears. She's like sobbing. At which point you go and you help her down, don't you? She was well. At which point the girl sat on the top of the slide. Oh my god! She's it's like ex- almost screaming. The mum grabs the bad arm, <gasps> yanks her down the slide. That's bad enough, right? Then she marches her up the climbing, climbs up the climbing frame again, picks her up, plonks her on the slide. The girl's in hysterics at this point. 
pushes her down the slide. You will have fun. It was insane. Do you remember we had um, some uh, guest on, some kiddie expert, ages ago, and uh, we were talking about slapping kids or whatever, I don't know, whatever staple we were using. And she said, if you see a situation like that and you want to get involved, don't go up and say, oi. Yeah, this is when you see a parent yeah. getting physical with their child. You say, go up there and say, is, a, is there a way I can help you? Yeah. Is there a way I can take the pressure off a bit? And I was, I was rehearsing that line in my head. I was getting the uh, pal- palpitations because I thought I'm going to go and say this to her. Um, uh, and then she sparked up a fag and walked off. So I didn't need to. But I was, I was about, I was going to intervene in the situation. But in that situation, the kid wasn't sort of misbehaving. I think the situation that that expert was talking about was when the kid's kicking off in the supermarket and the mum starts to lose her rag. Well, I interpret it as, is it, well, the mum had lost her rag, though. The mum had lost her rag because the kid was tired. It was about three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, it was yeah. really hot. And she didn't want to go down the slide, so she made her go down it twice. Why would you make them? And then she dragged her into the monkey enclosure, which she didn't want to go into. This was How's shortly she after. Climb? Huh? How's she going to climb? No, she's no, not there's gonna... a gate. She, uh, this was Those shortly... Those are funny, they go in your pockets. They didn't go in my pockets. Tried to go in my pocket. Go in my pocket, I'd punch it in the face. The tiny monkeys? Yeah, yeah, totally. No, they're cute. I'd put, it, I'd put it on the end of my shoe and kicked it. No, they're cute. There was one trying to get my uh, goes in stuff my po- out of my pocket. Goes in my pocket and it'll get... Don't, you, don't go, you go in my pocket, you get a smack. I'll ask questions later. I've got the right to defend my property uh, with reasonable force. Oh, tiny little monkey hands. Punch a monkey. Anyway, oh, cute. anyway, we put one in a, in a bag and brought it home with us. Have We've, you got it with you now? Well, we forgot to put holes in the bag, so unfortunately, no. But this was shortly after... I'm joking, guys. Joking. Don't phone up and complain about that, you losers. Only joking. This was shortly after the man saying, the take me to your boot, the T-shirt would take me to your booze where I got my wife. I saw a beautiful T-shirt in Bedford. On, now, I don't know if you're allowed to, to say this T-shirt on air. Why not? It was one of those T-shirts. All right, can I, all right, can I just flag this up? It, it, there is no bad language involved, but it... it it's uh, really bad taste. It's very bad taste, and it presents a really horrible, horrible image. So... It was at the bus station. Hang on. It was a pensioner. Let, no, hang on. If you've got children who are listening, you, they don't want to hear this. And also, I would suggest if um, you are of a nervous oh, disposition... It's a really horrible image you're going to put in someone's head. It was an old lady... Here we go. I warned, I warned you about this. Wheeling a shopping trolley. Yeah. She was having a good old chat with her friend. You said she was fat as well. She was corpulent. She was wearing a very tight T-shirt, a pink one, and it had arrows pointing up and arrows pointing down. The arrow pointing up said beauty. The arrow pointing down said the beast. I did warn you. I did warn you. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, rather heavy moving on the speed sensors between Junction 12 at Flitwick and Junction 10 for Luton Airports. Also taking a look at the A1M, that's heavy heading southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the A41 heading southbound, there's a lane closed at the moment. There's some resurfacing work taking place between the Chesham turnoff and Junction 20 for the M25, causing problems there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, heavy between 21, the M1, and Junction 16, the M40. The M40 itself, London-bound, looking rather slow between Junction 4 for the Handycross roundabout and Junction 3 for Loudwater. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
thank you very much. Right, it's 8.15. It's uh, Monday the 7th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. The Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Hertfordshire firefighter to be reinstated after he was uh, dismissed for discussing strike action on Twitter. And in sport, Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's that time of year when the best in bloom comes to the RHS Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. And tomorrow, I'll be there in the thick of it all. That's salvia hotlips, which of course is a nice name for a plant as well. As you know, my fingers aren't all that green, but I'll chat to local gardeners and experts to give me all the tips I could possibly need. If you don't have any soil to plant into, you can get yourself some decent-sized pots. We'll look at the history of the flower show, and I'll make it feel just like you were there. Nick Coffer. Live from the Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. Tomorrow from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. That ain't you, it's, it's David Prever. Hello, how are you? Oh, sorry, wrong voice. Yes, how are how you are doing? You? You're right. Very good, how are you? Do you never stop working? Never stop working, no, wow. always working. It's the, it's the worry, was, was once you stop, you'll never get out of that chair. Well, you it. never get out of bed. Yes, you'll never get that phone call again. He Thank never, you. never you rings. You've got to keep moving. Always say yes, you're in all week. All week, yes. Nice to have you And uh, thank you very much, you always take your shoes off, do you? Is that a thing? I do take my shoes off to do this. Nice. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it makes me, I feel more, more at home, more relaxed. <laughs> If I were doing a hard-hitting news show... Would you put your shoes on, depending... Would you change during the show, depending on the material? Would you put on smart shoes for a big interview? I uh, might. I wouldn't do that. I do miss the days of people dressing up a bit smart for the radio. Yes, I'd love to come in a dinner suit. That would be nice, You, you see, I've not made... I've dressed like yes. a man having a midlife crisis. I was on Radio 4 at the weekend. What were you doing there? I was on Broadcasting House with Paddy O'Connor. Oh, he's a nice man. He's a very nice man. Did you take your shoes off for that? I thing? had my shoes off, yes. I did have my did shoes you off. Really? Yeah, I did have my shoes off. They don't like that there. No, they, 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 I, I won't be going back. No, they like footwear. To Radio 4. What have you got on the show today? Uh, it's a big question this morning from uh, 9 o'clock. Home Secretary Theresa May today making a statement to MPs on uh, allegations of organised child sex abuse at Westminster in the 1980s, as you've been reporting all morning. And there are growing calls for a public inquiry. Meanwhile, this news comes as a Watford man was jailed for seven and a half years after he sexually abused a girl from the age of six. And of course, Rolf Harris spending his third morning waking up in prison after he was jailed on Friday for five years, nine months. Sex abuse is all over the headlines again. I want to know from nine o'clock, what can you do to protect your children Mm. from abusers? It is a thought I have with my two all the time. And it was a line from Amanda Platell in the Mail on Saturday where she said, those that abuse don't groom their victims, they groom the people around them. Mm. So they make you feel like their very best friend. He's such a nice man, or Mm. she's such a nice woman. Isn't he? He's lovely, isn't he? Mm. He's always so lovely with everybody. Very worrying if you have kids. Um, but what do you do? Oh eight four five nine four double five five or five. David, thank, thank you, you very much. Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, yeah. I was on Radio Four, Catherine. I oh, really, you haven't mentioned it. Yeah, I was on much. Radio Four. Quite an extended feature they did with me. Uh, I was interviewed. About uh, your life and works. Well, I was interviewed about a topic. Um, and they use clips from my radio show, not this one, another one. But I mentioned this one. So that's props to me, because yeah. I give props to the station, so I'm guessing that's props to my pay increase, yeah? Um, yeah? I'm sure it works like that. Yep. Radio 4, Radio 4, Kelly! Hey, what? That's a radio station for uh, posh, clever people. I was on it, innit? 
Are you sure you were? I was totes on it. And Why did I, they pick you? Because I'm, I'm posh and clever. You're... And here's here's a, a thing that's, that's that's dull. I tweeted because I, I, I listened to it. I was I was in bed and I turned the radio on and I thought I've listened. And I tweeted I've never heard myself on the radio. That's not true. Oh. What I've never heard myself on DAB radio. That's why it sounded weird. Apart from the fact that I um, I sound like an idiot, don't I? Yeah, I know. Why were you on Radio Four? Because they wanted my insight into uh, an interesting news story. Did you go there and? Sure, why not? I didn't. Or was it just on the phone? ISDN. Oh. Mm. Down the line. Down the quality line. They wanted so, me so much. I said, like, look, I can't come in. They said, look, is there any way we can do this? So were you like a guest? I was, I was an expert. On? Rolf no. Harris. OK, and then let's draw a veil over this now. Yeah, OK. Uh, <clears throat> 08459 four double five five double five. Sorry? I've just told her what you were talking about. Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should follow you on Twitter. I wouldn't bother. We're talking, we're talking about the thing we talked about last week. Should I play Two Little Boys to My Two Little Boys? That was basically, that was the basic premise of it. Um, and they felt that I could give an intellectual insight into it. They called me an award-winning radio man. Oh, radio, oh, radio man. Mm. Hey, we have that. Yeah, it's a rubbish computer. Now, more than 4,000 people have signed an online petition calling for the reinstatement of a Hertfordshire firefighter sacked for comments made on Twitter. Ashley Brown was dismissed on a charge of gross misconduct for tweeting during one of last year's Fire Brigade's union strikes. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service claim his comments were threatening in nature and may have brought Hertfordshire County Council into disrepute. The FBU refutes that accusation. Well, I'm joined now by Juliet Franklin, who's an employment lawyer for Slater and Gordon. Uh, good morning, Juliet. We have to be so careful these days, don't we, what we post on Twitter and Facebook and the like. Good morning. Um, yes, that's true. I mean, I think quite often what we post on Facebook and Twitter, we think it's harmless, it's out there for our friends to see, um, and that's it. You know, the day passes and another day begins. But I think what people often forget is that once it's there, once it's out on the internet, then there's a, a permanent mark of that, and that can always be seen um, by others uh, if privacy settings aren't set correctly, or if, for example, friends are you thought were friends may not be so friendly after all. People who are two-faced on the internet, I don't believe a word <laughs> of it, Julia. Uh, you're not covered as well. Have I got this right? If, if, for example, if I were to put on my Twitter description all of these are, are my own personal views, not those of the BBC, that doesn't cover me, does it? Not necessarily. Um, I mean, generally, I, I think what we have to be clear is that we still do all have the right to a private life, and um, there is a line between what we do in work and what we do when we're at home or, or out of work. Um, and this isn't the case where employers have the right to interfere with everything we do and say in our private lives. There always has to be a sense of um, reasonableness about what the employer wants to interfere with with. Um, the problem arises where the individual crosses the line um, and in some way impacts on the employer's business. And it's at that point that the employer may have uh, a justifiable reason to interfere with what's being said. And also, Twitter is, it, it, it isn't private. Unless you've got your privacy settings set to only, you know, a few people can see this, it's the public domain, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and the thing with Twitter is you tweet it to your followers and someone retweets it and on and on and on it goes and all of a sudden it's out there to thousands or millions of people and I think this is what people sometimes fail to think properly about when they actually um, post their tweet. Are you getting more and more um, the cases involving social media? 
there are more and more of these arising. And as I say, I mean, it's not always cut and dried that just because somebody um, posts something and their employer is upset or offended by it, that the employer has the right to take any action in relation to that. Um, There does have to be that dividing line. And we are finding that there are some cut and dried cases where people have said things that perhaps in the cold light of day they shouldn't have done. But we're also seeing lots of cases where employers are completely overreacting to what somebody is doing in their private life. Um, And as a result, people are bringing claims for unfair dismissal and the like. This case is going to be heard at an employment tribunal, a phrase I've heard so many times. I've got no idea what happens at an employment tribunal. What's it like? Um... In the, in the olden days, if I can call them them, the, the idea always was that they were supposed to be quite an informal forum um, where employees could go and air grievances about the way in which they've been treated uh, by their employers. But uh, as with everything, as time marches on, as the law develops, um, they are becoming um, more and more detailed, um, more and more knotty issues that they're... Um, that they're being asked to determine, but the general rule of thumb underpinning all of this is that it's supposed to be relatively informal, as informal as the court scenario can ever be, um, allowing employees access to justice if they feel they've been poorly treated. And I think that's what we, we have to keep hold of. Juliet, thank you very much. That's Juliet Franklin, uh, an employment lawyer for Slater and Gordon. Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's kind of an employment theme this morning. Remember uh, about uh, 30 minutes ago we were speaking to James Allen. He's the state... What do they call it? A dispatchment agent. Or train dis- what does that mean, a train dispatcher? He's a station manager. He blows the whistle. He blows the whistle. Um, at St Albans Station. If you uh, use that station regularly, the odds are you will have heard him making uh, a friendly, polite announcements. And he's kind of got a bit of a reputation for it. But we had him on the show, and he sounds like a delightful gentleman. He says he loves his job. He loves his job. He loves it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Does anybody really love their job that much? I don't think that's possible. Even if you've got the best job... Even if you're, um, you're Will Smith or Danny Dyer, you've got the best jobs in the world, right? There's got to be bits of it you don't like. Surely. 08459 455 555. I was having a whinge about Woburn Safari Park. Les- Leslie's in Luton. Morning, Leslie. Good morning, Ian. Leslie, what would you like to say, sir? Now, um, you were complaining about 60 quid to get in. Yes. Right? That is cheap compared to oh. um, in 2008 when I went there with my two grandkids, me and my wife and my two grandkids. Yeah. And it was 60 quid. But my wife had a disabled badge and we only paid 16 pounds. So? What, what? So, uh, so what are you saying? you saying that, well, she, that she should have paid less because she was disabled? No, no, she paid less. She 16 pounds it cost us before it was to get in. Right. Well, I got- Which is... Which it would have cost us six, six quid. Hang on a minute, Leslie. Right, let's go back a bit. How yes. much did it cost for you, your disabled wife, and your two grandkids to get into Woburn in 2008? £16. One six? Yes. For all four of you? Yes. You owe me 60 quid, mate. <laughs> you owe me 60 quid. <laughs> and, but but when, we got to the, when we got to the restaurant... Here we go. Right? Yeah. That's where it cost us. Here we go. Pounds. Go on. 
£49. £49? Yeah, in the restaurant. Yeah, I spent... I spent... We had uh, lunch and then we had um, tea there as well because we, it was too late to get the kids back. Uh, we spent, uh, on those two meals, about 55 quid. And they weren't even meals. We, we, yeah, we, this is the thing, pack a picnic, that's the lesson. But they were... It was... Uh, and the food wasn't even very good, Les. No, 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 the meal was very bad. Hmm. We, we, the, had, we, we, we had something like... It's on the on, on the menu. The, the, the chicken looks so beautiful, yeah, and nice, yeah. And I had the chicken and chips and other yeah. things, yeah. And I couldn't eat it. It was bad stuff. Oh. I mean, I ate it and I ate the boys' food as well. Trust me, that food didn't go to waste. Um, but, but um, I just think, did you, I tell you, I really enjoyed the drive around bit. The driving around, yeah, bit yeah, 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 yeah. It reminded me of being in Africa, which I've never been to Africa. Well, I got a minute. How could it? How could it remind you of being in Africa if you've never been to Africa? Well, what I've seen on the TV, sometimes you imagine things. It, re- it reminds you of when you'd been watching Africa on the TV and you'd close your eyes and imagine things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your, your favourite animals, Leslie? Well, uh, I've never seen so many animals because the only time I ever really experienced these sort of animals is, is watching TV or, or imagination, pictures and books, butchers and books. Come on, you know the answer. You know the answer, Leslie. Your favourite animals were the monkeys. No, I, I didn't think we did see any monkeys. Monkey <laughs> well, you didn't see any monkeys in Woburn. No, for some reason they weren't there because we were this. We were talking about it afterward. And anyway, um, w- another thing. That's the whole point of going to work. Were you sure? You sure it was woven? I think there was a time yes, when the was, monkeys got was, ill. Was, oh, the monkeys may have been poorly. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. The problem were. Um, an, uh, another thing. Um, what yeah. a bit embarrassed me. I, and I tried to distract my two grandkids from seeing Uh-oh. two buffaloes. Uh, two buffaloes? What's wrong with yeah. two buffaloes? I like buffaloes. Well, they weren't getting up to anything too good. What What were they getting up to? What were they? What? Well, I, I, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. Well, what? It's. Huh? What What were they doing? No, no, no. It weren't fighting. It weren't fighting. Were they having a wee wee? Because we saw a giraffe doing a poo, and the boys thought that was hilarious. <laughs> no, these two were getting up to notice stuff. How? D- how did you distract your grandchildren from that? Well, we tried to sing, talk and things, but we didn't know that they were um, observing until a couple of days later. I heard they were whispering things things around the house, and I said to my wife, bloody hell. You know, they, they, they saw what we were trying to distract them from. <laughs> what gossip were they spreading about the, the rhinoceri? <laughs> What were they saying? Uh, 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 I can't oh, the say. buffalo. The, what, you can't say. Okay, Leslie, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> My um, uh, sister once saw two dogs uh, being naughty in the street. You used to see dogs being naughty in the street all the time in the 70s. They were themselves, weren't they? Yeah, but, uh, and she said, Mummy, what are they doing? Oh, one dog's, one dog's got a bad back and the other one's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Great North Road heading southbound looking heavy just before the Black Cat roundabouts. And the M1's looking heavy on the speed sensors heading southbound between Junction 12 at Flittick and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. The A1M also looking rather heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise. Very slow moving from Junction 21 at the M1 to Junction 16, the M40. Take a look at the A41. There's
Bridge Lane closed. Some resurfacing works taking place between the Chesham Turnoff and Junction 20 for the M25. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, will make a statement to MPs today amid growing criticism of the way her department has handled allegations of historical child abuse. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. And the Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Hertfordshire firefighter to be reinstated after he was sacked for discussing strike action on Twitter. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lewis Hamilton is back in title contention after victory in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. The Hertfordshire driver is now just four points behind teammate and championship leader Nico Rosberg, who failed to finish. You know, I've gone from a driver that's crazy confident in qualifying and, and always blitzing qualifying to to a dri- changing into a driver that's really more confident in the race, knowing that I've got the package, where to put my car, setup-wise, how to look after the tyres, and starts, you know. To be world champion, you need to be perfect. You need to be great at everything. And for the Milton Keynes Red Bull team, Daniel Ricciardo was third and Sebastian Vettel fifth. It's the third stage of the Tour de France from Cambridge to London, with the riders heading down the Hertfordshire-Essex border on their way to the capital. More from Andy Swiss. After an estimated two and a half million people turned out to watch the first First two stages in Yorkshire, more huge crowds are expected to line the 100-mile route from Cambridge to London. The cyclists will set out shortly after midday on a largely flat route through Cambridgeshire and Essex. They'll pass through the Olympic Park before the course takes in landmarks such as Canary Wharf, the Tower of London and Big Ben. The riders are expected to reach the finish on the Mall shortly before four o'clock. Following his Wimbledon final victory over Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic will replace Rafael Nadal as world number one when the latest ATP rankings are announced later today. Djokovic's win over Federer was his second win at the All England Club and seventh Grand Slam title overall. In football, Luton have confirmed the signing of experienced right-back Paul Connolly to fill the gap left by Ronnie Henry's departure. 30-year-old Connolly has previously been at Plymouth, Derby and Leeds and ended last season at Crawley. And in Cricket's Minor Counties Championship, it's day two of three. At Harpenden, Hertfordshire are 82 for two in reply to Norfolk's 197. Bedfordshire declared on 276 for nine away to Cumberland. The hosts are 110 for one in reply and Buckinghamshire are 254 for four away to Suffolk. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Does anybody really love their job? Like, really love it 100%. Everything about it is perfect. It's a joy to get up. Once I'm in, generally, it's all right. Today, uh... I make it worthwhile, don't I? By uh, my naturally sunny disposition in that. When? When you come into work. Uh, see me today, sometimes with a coffee, sometimes waiting for one, drumming my fingers. Today you were you were flat. Uh, that I thought yeah, you brought it was Monday, the, wasn't it? I thought you no, but I thought you brought the vibe down considerably. Oh. oh, no, I thought I was being quite humorous about it. Okay, well you, you weren't. You weren't even talking to me. Yeah, but in a humorous way. But what I'm saying is, I don't think anybody can love their job, the, the, like every aspect of their job. It's not possible. Kelly. Yeah. I do. You don't know. I do. You don't. Sometimes you get a cob on. 
Yeah, so? So that means you don't love your job. No, it doesn't. Of course it does. That sometimes mean you I get don't a cob- love you. Some- yeah, exactly. Sometimes you get a cob on because of me, and I am your job. Well, no, 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 no. I-, I don't so, think I've ever had a cob on because of you. Yes, you have. That's Well, that's not true. When? What have you done? So many times. Catherine, tell her. Like when? Loads of times. Well, he's really rude, isn't he? I mean, it's hard yeah. not to have a cob on. Yeah, but I don't feel that you upset me. Oh, Kelly, yeah. that is such Tell a... Tell me a time. I can't think of a specific, but Catherine and I were discussing this the other day. There have been loads of times, not for a while, where... Um, oh, don't bring me into this. I don't talk about Kelly behind her back. You, you were talking about her a lot. You were really bitching about her, and I said, well, that's out of order. And I then we got onto the subject. I don't believe that. We, you, there have been loads of times where I've done, like, a wicked joke, and you've not seen it as a joke, and you have got upset. Like when? B- but not really, bosses, or tribunal, if this is being played in a court of law. But when? Loads of times. I know that I've upset you once, and it was... Yeah, yeah, no, you've upset me more than once. Big. Really? Yeah, you've upset me a few oh, I'm times. I'm so sorry, mate. But when? I've done it to you. Catherine, help me out here. But you can't think of an example. Probably... Was I pretending to have a cob No, on? you had a proper cob on. Mm, this has happened loads for? of times. What was it for? Richard, can you remember when I upset Kelly? Well, listen now, I mean, I, um, the, that story you were saying earlier about the two dogs pushing with a bad back, Steady. it puts me, in, puts me in time of um, when I was travelling across the, the plains of, of America yes. and I was visiting these local tribes. Um, and bearing in mind the two dogs pushing with a bad back is a euphemism for something entirely different, but never mind. Yeah, I'm hovering um, on your fader. Well, that's all right, don't worry. I'll, in the best possible taste, I uh, promise you. Yes. Um, I was visiting these Indians, and this, these Native Americans, and this little boy came in, crying his eyeballs out, and mm. his mum said, what's the matter, Sam, what's the matter? And he said, I'm fed up with my name, the oh. kids are still always taking the mickey out of me. Oh, dear. No. Don't say, don't say the punchline, punchline, then. I'm not going to say the punchline. Um, well, don't even so, allude uh, to that. I know so, what the punchline is. It's, it's no, about, don't know what the punchline is. It's about line. two dogs. Something like that. Yeah, it, so it, I do it, know the punchline, because I, I have heard it, and even if I hadn't heard it, it's a predictable, lazy joke. No, it's not a predictable, lazy joke. Why are you even continuing this? Because you won't stop interrupting while I'm listening. You called it about being happy at work. Yes, well, I'll come on to that in a minute. No, you'll come on to it now! No, I'll come on to it in a minute. You'll come on to it now! Order, order, order. I'll come on to it in a minute. Now, so, the mum tried to explain to the little boy that what we do when the child's born... We said the first thing that we see when we open the TV. That's right, that's No, 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 you got it wrong. So, calm yourself down. That's why your sister's called Babbling Brook, and your brother's called to... uh, Okay, I'm not happy at work. Now, I'm not happy at work now, Catherine. I am. What, what was Richard saying? I, I don't know. He's talking this weird, whingy, high-pitched northern whine. Northern? You're northern, aren't you, Richard? I must say that was, I am, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can. No, he's not. Where are you from? Uh, Blackpool. Here you go, you see? You are not. Oh, well, I'm not, then. <laughs> Where are you from, Richard? Seriously. I was born in Blackpool. I can hear the accent. Can you? Of course. No, you can't. I left when I was three. You don't matter. And I was brought, the... I was brought up in the, 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 the jewel of the crown. What, India? No, he's here in London. Okay. Exactly, that's what I hear. I can hear North. Can you hear North and Just? Mm, I can, I absolutely. Can North. No, I can hear nonsense no, as well, Blackpool, to be quite honest Blackpool, with you. Blackpool, lad. wasn't my fault. Anyway, the business about... Does Blackpool still exist? Yeah. 
Yeah, Does it only really? your imagination. Yeah. But the business about the fellow on the train station. Right. Yeah, mind the other story. I worked as a butler once. Oh, for goodness sake! Oh. Are you about to oh. that's another a filthy, slightly offensive joke? No good grief! No pleasure thoughts. Right. So Get ready to jump butter. in, Justin, if this yeah, kicks no off. Uh, Richard, can I ask you, before you carry on, oh, you, you, weren't a, you weren't an entertainer in Blackpool, were you? No, not, but not I did work in, on this I phone did, call. I did, work in, I did work at Butlin's holiday camp in my misspent you. That wow. says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. What did you do at Butlin's, apart from get it on with loads of girls? <laughs> How did you know that? Because I can read you like a book. Oh, no, you can't. Anyway, I, I worked as a butler for this very rich dowager duchess lady up north and um, somewhere near Blackpool. And she was always, she's you know, very overweight, she was always breaking wind and blaming me. Jeez, stop that! Jeez, stop that! Oh, my word. And I had to put up with all this. So one day, there was a huge dinner party and um, she broke wind very loudly. So she said, Jeez, stop that! And I said, Certainly, madam. Which way did it go? It's hearing me. <laughs> right. Wow. Who put him through? Catherine? Well, yeah. Right. Well, Steve wasn't answering. Um, that is um, one, um, one... They're getting one finger. Right. If by the end of the week you get five fingers... I'm allowed a day off. You're sent off. No, you're not allowed a day off. You have to You, you have to work an extra day. Oh, no. Cleaning my car. Oh. Boss, just call it a yellow card. Thank, that's it. There you go. Yellow card. Simple. T- yellow card. Caution. chances, though. I get five chances. No, you get two here. Yeah, exactly. Yellow card, two yellows, you're off. God, oh, that mean? means you're off work. No, no, no. Not off work. What she's on. Oh. Two yellows and she's on. On. I've oh. not quite worked it out, but the yeah, punishment... come back to me when you've worked this out. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll, we'll work out a punishment for... Um, uh... Oh, it's gone. Oh. Coffee making, maybe? That'll be nice. What's... what's um, I've forgotten. Kelly, I've forgotten that lady's name. It's Catherine. Catherine! Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Right, Justin. Yes, boss. It's right, Ewan. <laughs> you've been talking about James Allen this morning. <laughs> Yes, Jeff. The happy train announcer at St Albans he train loves station. It, didn't he? He, yeah, he loves it. You spoke to him before eight o'clock. He absolutely loves what his nice job. Chap. And uh, I was there this morning. People were saying how much they enjoy him. He welcomes people off the trains. He's very, very polite. He makes people happy. Now we suspected this might just be a St Albans thing yeah. because it is quite posh. Yeah. Um, so you sent me off to Luton to uh, welcome people into the town centre from some of the buses there. Excellent. Um, I think you you may have a point, uh, Ian. This is what happened. Well, let's put this to the test. The number one, Farley Hill bus has just arrived here in the town centre. Madam, good morning. Good morning, madam. Oh, I'm going to work. OK, thank you very much indeed. Madam, good morning. So I welcome you into Luton. Oh, sorry, you're going to work. OK, thank you. Morning, madam. Hi, it's the day of 21. Just thought I'd welcome you into uh, Luton Town Centre today. How are you feeling today? I'm fine, and I live here, so I'm kind of all right with Luton. Fantastic. You feeling good today? I am. Lovely. I am indeed. Have a lovely day. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Madam, good morning. Welcome into uh, Luton Town Centre. Hello. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. Lovely. Looking forward to work? No. <laughs> okay, listen, have a good day. Thank you. Thanks. You, fair play, Just. You made an effort there. Yeah, I made the effort, but unfortunately it's um, not quite the same reaction but, as in St Albans. But uh, you may have planted a seed in those women. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I'm, ser- I'm serious. You yes. may have planted a seed... Possibly. ...in those women 
that will that will gestate and will grow throughout the day. And maybe, you know, like 2 o'clock this afternoon, boom, it will blossom mm. and it might brighten their day. You I'm never serious. Know. Yeah, you never know. Somebody saying good morning, being happy. Hopefully that will make a difference. Personally, I hate it. Yeah, I know I, you do. I don't like um, forced joviality and or I, jollity. And I think a lot of people hated me asking the question. Yeah. Um, you've also been asking the question this morning, do you genuinely yeah. love your job, a bit like James Allen? Yeah. Most people are saying absolutely no, I hate my job. But I managed to find two people who do really love their job. Ooh. Here's what happened. Well, here's Michael. You're telling me that you genuinely love your job. Tell our listeners what you do. Um, my name is Michael Campbell. I, uh, I head up an organisation called Luton Town Centre Chaplaincy. And uh, we meet the pastoral and spiritual needs of people of all faiths and no faiths at all here in Luton, in a, in a word. <laughs> You've sold it very well. Um, what do you love about your job so much? Uh, I just love the diversity. You know, here in Luton, it's this fantastic job to have. You meet all kinds of people from all walks of life with all kinds of problems. Uh, not, that they all, not that they all have problems, but they all have, you know, a really good time, fantastic mix of jobs, whole range of cultures and faiths. You know, brilliant place to be and brilliant place to work. And you're not just saying this because you're on the radio. There's never a day where you think, I've had enough of this, I've got to go. No, I, uh, I genuinely get up in the morning looking forward to coming to work, especially on a day like today yes. when the sun's shining. It's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? You're too happy yeah. for your own good. Thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. See you now. Now, Bridget, you claim to love your job. Tell us what you do. Uh, I'm a special needs teaching assistant. What do you love so much about your job? Just the fun we have every day and what you get back from the job. You don't ever think to yourself, oh, come on, I need to get something new, I've had enough of this, I'm bored, I'm frustrated. Never, ever. And you wake up in the morning with that smile on your face, <laughs> ready to go into work. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, you must hear people though, that say, oh, I hate my job. You're in a fortunate position, aren't you? Well, yeah, but they need to move jobs in. No excuse not to be happy. No, absolutely not. Well, that's. I would. I, I should have put a caveat. I don't think religious jobs count. <laughs> no, I don't because they are. Uh, yeah. The religious people are filled with a joy and a mm-hmm. certainty, Justin, that you and I, in our heathen-like state, will never be able to comprehend. Yes, very true. We are not wrapped in the arms of whatever our God may be. Mm. But, um, but fair play to him. He's, yep. he's happy. And, uh, the, and Bridget as well. Bridget sounds like she's doing the doing the cracking job. How many other that. people? I mean, I have to say, I think it's rare. The people that I know, always moaning about their jobs. I think it's quite rare to find somebody who wakes up in the morning and they are really looking forward to going. To now work. listen, we, our job is easy, we're very, very lucky to do it, but even you and I have had a little whinge about our jobs in the past. Yeah, every now and again yeah. I do whinge, but then again you've got to think about other people. When you hear about other jobs, you think, oh, we are lucky, we're in a fortunate position. I, I did leave the BBC for a couple <clears> of years, came back, and, and now I appreciate it even more. We have got a good life, but, but some people don't, the of course. Thing, the thing about humans is, we don't always appreciate our position. We, we, don't, we, always, we should. We, no, no, but the grass is always, we don't know, the grass is always greener. Yes, yes. There's always, there's always, you know... Yeah, Christine yeah. Bleakley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Look what Adrian Charles. Yeah, look. Well, he's doing all right. He's still out in... Um, well, yeah. Rio, isn't it? Getting, you know, abuse on Twitter. Yeah, you've got to stop that, Justin. Yeah, sorry. That is out of order. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In a Sandy, rather heavy moving on the A1 in both directions, just around the Sandy roundabouts. The M1's looking heavy heading southbound between Junction 12 at Flittick and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Taking a look in Luton, it's looking heavy on Hitchin Road between the Ashcroft Road and Green Road. And the A1M's looking heavy heading southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving from Junction 21, the M1, to Junction 15, the M4. And there's a lane closed on the A41 
one heading southbound between the Chesham turnoff and Junction 20 for the M25, and that's due to some resurfacing work. No reported problems or delays to the trains at Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. It's 8.46, it's Monday the 7th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, will make a statement to MPs today amid growing criticism of the way her department has handled allegations of historical child abuse. Residents in Milton Keynes are warning of another potentially lethal fire on the Fishermead estate in a house of multiple occupation. And the Fire Brigade's union is calling for a sacked Hertfordshire firefighter to be reinstated after he was sacked for discussing strike action on Twitter. Right, if you want to give us a call, if you enjoy your job or otherwise, maybe you want to phone up and say, actually, I hate it. 08459 455 555. Let's... What am I waiting for? Yes, okay, you can go. Well, you just keep clicking my ear. Wait, wait, wait. What am I waiting for? Nothing. Weather to connect. Oh, you, you, it was typed on my screen. It was ready to go. Yeah, but then it was, was out. Whose fault was it? And no one's. Kelly, thank you. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> I think we've got you, Sarah. I think we've got you. I'm hoping we've got you. I can hear you giggling like a lunatic. Or are you crying? Are you crying? I was, I was here. I was here. I mean, that's all I'm going to say to you. Not okay, your, it's not, listen, hey, Sarah, it's not your fault. Yes, we will uh, launch a full investigation into exactly whose fault it was. At the moment, I'm suggesting it was Kelly's. Don't shred any documents. There, you? there you go, you see. Thank okay, you. Topical. Right, OK. <laughs> a lovely start this morning across the three counties. Temperatures slipped down into single figures. Uh, but today, uh, we've had lots of sunshine to start the day. So we're at 14 degrees at the moment, expecting to keep keep a lot of that sunshine. We'll see some cloud increasing through this afternoon, but generally dry for a good deal of the day, although later the risk of some stray showers coming through towards the end of the afternoon that would be. In the meantime, top temperature of 20 or 21 degrees. Tomorrow, a very similar day, a beautiful start, plenty of sunshine in the afternoon, a really good chance of picking up a shower from about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They could be quite sharp, they could have a bit of thunder mixed in as well, and we'll keep them for several hours until the sun sets. Again, a high of 20 degrees. Wednesday's dry, Thursday the risk of some rain pushing towards us from the east. I will update you on that forecast tomorrow morning. There you go, Ian. Thank you! In August 2011, Batchwood Sports Centre was destroyed by fire. Four men have been arrested following the fire at Batchwood Golf and Tennis Centre in the early hours of Wednesday morning. And nearly three years on, it's being officially reopened tomorrow by Judy Murray. Judy's been a really big supporter of the project since the fire. As well as now being a state-of-the-art community facility, it also houses a performance centre for tennis. We're really excited to be opening our new tennis courts, new outdoor tennis courts. I'll be live from the new building as we hear from the people behind the project, local community leaders and the people using it. Hang out with us, you know, cardio tennis, knock a ball about, shake some pins for charity. Roberto Peroni. Live from the official reopening of the Batchwood Sports Centre. Tomorrow from 3 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve, Steve, Steve. Morning. Oh, it's this Steve. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have expounded so much energy. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't no. have put so much into it had I known. Oh, what's his shame, isn't it? My heart bleeds. Yo, Steve, what can I do for thee? <laughs> About the internet and all that. Silence. 
<laughs> yes, comrade, what would you like to say about the internet? I'll give you, I'll give you comrade. <laughs> it's Lefty Steve. Yes, brother, what would you like? Oh, Come on, you God. big pinko, spit it out. Share it, share it with the workers. <laughs> There aren't many left in England, is there? Hey, well, you'd like more of the, You'd like everyone to have a job, wouldn't you? Yeah, too right. Hey! Only for the English, only for the British, though. Yeah, we. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right, Steve. Let's have a little laugh at racism. What right, would you like to anyway, say about the internet? Surely, if you put it as your personal opinion before you open your mouth on the internet, surely that that should cover you, shouldn't it? No, it doesn't. Why not? It's freedom of speech as well. <laughs> We've had this conversation. Freedom of speech doesn't exist. It's a myth. It does. It does work. It does. No, I didn't say it didn't work. That's a different yeah, it argument. Does. It doesn't exist. I speak every day. Freedom. I say what I like. Yeah. Well, but it, you, you you can't in the, you can't end this phone call now, and you can't on Twitter if you say certain things. Of well, course. Why? Well, because what should you be what should be gagged? You but you the society, the country, the government's gagging people. We're not a democracy, then, are we? <coughs> <laughs> Steve, listen. There are certain, there are rules that we have to follow. We have to adhere. If you don't like it, then then, then go and go move back to Russia, mate. But oh, probably I tell you what. There's probably more freedoms in Russia than there is in England. Steve, you, I can't go on Twitter now and say um, something. I'm, I, I'm trying to think of an example, and I can't. I'm struggling to a little bit because well, it's what, about the BBC. Can you not say that? Anything about the BBC then? Uh, yeah, well, this is it. I, I can say I can say stuff about the BBC. I don't know what the line would be that I would have to cross. There is a line out there. I don't know what that line would be. I could, for example, go on and say um, I think Five Live made a, a big mistake by not employing many women in the new lineup. I can go on and say I think EastEnders is rubbish. I can go on and think I say Tony Hall has made a really bad decision. The boss of the BBC. I can I can say those things, but yeah. there would be a line that I could cross that would get me um, possibly get me the sack. Well, it's your personal opinion, though, isn't it? No, but I'm a, I am a representative. I am an ambassador for the BBC. I was on Radio 4, for crying out loud. Oh, well, that was bad. You've gone up in the world, haven't you? Thank you very much, Stephen. and I want to invade foreign countries illegally. That's a powerful piece of music, isn't it? They're singing like their life depends on it. Because it does. Probably. Because there are people with guns pointing at them. That's a good bit of music, isn't it? That's the, uh, that's a, the na- Russian national anthem, I believe. That's what's called taking it to church. Taking it to... to well, yes. Can, can you they don't it? really believe in church. No, they don't. That was a good bit of music, wasn't it, Pat? Not too bad. Better than normal. Oh, <laughs> what be- better than um, a bit of Glen Campbell or, or um, Dusty Springfield or something that we normally play? 
Oh, you can't beat Glen Campbell. You can't Glen beat Campbell. a little bit of Glen. Hey, we're going to... Ah, Mark Bago's going to come on next week. He's written a book about Glen yeah, Campbell. Of course he is. No, is he really? He's going to come on. He's written a book about Glen Campbell. Do you have the right number this time? I've got the right number this time. I feel like... to call it in advance? No. I feel well. like we've done that interview. No, we, he's coming on again to talk about his book again. Anyway, Pat. Yes. You wanted me to research my comments that I was making at the Battle Oh, Health. yes. Was, what, what were your comments? Remind me. My, my, my comments were that we're probably paying quite a lot for health tourism when they come into this country. Or the, the, the settled community are probably paying for these people that are not paying themselves. OK, and yes. Got, yeah? you got some stats. Oh, yeah. This, well, what I've got here is uh, uh, that... Stats, uh, people, I hope. No, no, hang on, hang on. Better than stats. Yeah. People from the EU or the EEA, um, they should carry, not must, a European health insurance card. I've got one. Have you got one? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked. I've got one. You've got to apply for it, but I've got one. Well, which entitles them to a reduced rate of, uh, which which is a cost to a health care, yep. or even free health care. Yep. So we're still paying towards health care with health tourism. And the Department of Health spokesman says Elf. the cost of treating foreigners is at least thirty million pound a year. Okay, that's not that's not health tourism. Uh, I'm doing it. Now. That's not health tourism. I, are you, I thought you were talking about tourism. Well, it's not. I thought that, that those are people who are legally allowed to use our healthcare, and when we go abroad, we're legally allowed to use theirs. I thought you were talking to people that were coming to this country specifically to use the national health service and then disappear. Well, isn't that health tourism? And they're coming into this country to enjoy what we've actually delivered. Well, it, uh, well so, okay, okay, well, Pat, so listen, you've, you've, you've done some research, I appreciate it. Do you remember what I asked you to find out, though? Well, the thing is, you see, Ian, I, I'm a member of uh, the public who has an opinion. And also, in that opinion and, uh, yeah. and research I had, there's a £30 million funding black hole in the NHS uh, to do in Milton Keynes and Bedford. Okay. Which could... The A&E. You, but just to, so, Pat, just, so to, got, just to flag up, you are a member of the public now. You were a councillor at one point, so that does, I think, set you aside slightly from other civilians. No, it doesn't, because I'm actually uh, I'm neutral with other civilians now. I'm not, uh, I'm not a councillor Okay, but you, you, you certainly have more connections than perhaps other people might do. The thing I ask you to do... So do you. Yeah. The BBC. Yeah, exactly. No, I've, I've not denied that for one second. What I asked you to find out, Pat, was how many people are coming over as health tourists, and how much it was costing us. Well, I, I find my research more interesting than what you asked me to tell. It, but tell it's, me but with the greatest of respect, it's irrelevant to what we were talking about last week. Well, in the greatest of respect, you don't employ me either. And well, well, no, hang on, you... With figures. Pat, you, you, listen, I, I know, you, you didn't have to do it. You accepted the challenge, yes. which, is, which is great, but you've come, yes. back with, you've come back with a different argument, which is fine. We can do that argument as well, but it, 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 it's irrelevant... To, to what we were talking about last week. Spending £30 million on to, uh, people that come in from other countries on healthcare is not irrelevant. In my book, I've paid towards that. It's irrelevant to what we were talking about last week. It's not connected well, to what we were talking about last week. Well, I, I mean, I, I'll change the goalpost like you can do sometimes. No, but, but Pat, I don't, I don't understand. You, you, you phoned up with these, these facts, which, are, you know, it's interesting. Where did you get them from, by the way? Oh, you well. Where do you get facts from? No, I ju- I'm allowed to ask oh, your I... sources. What are your N- sources? <laughs> okay, NHS choices. Yep. And also the Department of Health. Yep. And uh, also a report from UKIP. Eh- 
You didn't like that last one, did you? Well, no, I don't... I, I like it a lot, Pat, because... Do you think... Do you yeah. think that maybe a report from UKIP about um, European nationals coming up, UK Independence Party, about European nationals coming over to this country to our health service, do you think there's any slight chance it might be vaguely biased? Well, I think that with the Conservative government as well, and I think that with the Labour government, and I think that with the Liberal coalition with the Conservatives, I Pat, also Pat, think Pat, that from the BBC as well. Pat, just... Pat, just very quickly, because we're going to be late for the travel. Do you, think there's, on, a cha- do you think there's a chance that a UKIP uh, report into people coming over and using the health service from Europe might be slightly biased? Yes or no? No, I don't, actually. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it doesn't! Travel wow. News from wow. Bats, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1, the Great North Road, looking rather heavy heading just around the Black Hat roundabout. And the M1's looking heavy heading southbound between Junction 12 for Flitwick and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. The A1M heavy moving just at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise rather heavy from Junction 21, the M1, to Junction 15, the M4. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you as well, Pat. Good sparring. I enjoyed that. Could have gone on for a little bit, a little bit longer. Uh, Ian, I love my part-time job. I'm an on-call firefighter in Olney North Bucks. The best job I've ever done. That's from the sexy fireman. Secret fire, secret fireman. Sorry. David's up next. I'm back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian Lee. Good morning. It's nine o'clock. It's the JVS show. I'm David Prevost standing in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. At nine, it's the big phone in then. And I want to hear from you this morning with this 